If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the most downloaded fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right? In today's episode, we talk to live callers, help them with their fitness. But that was the back half of the show. The first half is the intro portion. Today, it was 61 minutes long. This is where we talk about fitness and current events and family life and much more. That's the entertainment part, by the way. It's a good time. If you want to skip around your favorite parts, uh, check the show notes. There's timestamps there. Also, if you want to be on an episode like this one, email us your question at live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, this episode is brought to you by a sponsor, Organifi. They make organic supplements for health and wellness, and they just released a product for children. It's a greens supplement for kids. So it's great for kids. It's healthy for them. It's good for their gut health. Go check them out. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get 20% off. This episode is also brought to you by Juve. They make red light therapy panels, the ones that are used in studies that have been shown to uh, improve the appearance of your skin, the health of your skin, help with muscle recovery, boost testosterone, and regrow hair. This is actual, actually backed by lots and lots of studies. It's not baloney. Look it up yourself. Red light therapy. But anyway... This is the best company with the best panels. Go check them out. Go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get yourself a discount. There's also two days left for our December program special. MAPS old time strength, 50% off. And MAPS obstacle course racing. OCR is also 50% off. If you're interested, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code December 50, December 50, no space for that discount. All right, back to the show. If you eat more than 40 grams of protein at one sitting, you're wasting all that protein. Just kidding. That's totally, totally false. In fact, we now have a study that shows that your body actually utilizes the amino acids from protein that you consume, even when it's a huge amount at one serving. In fact, the study used 100 grams of protein. You utilize them for muscle. Your body doesn't just take the extra protein and oxidize it or turn it into energy. In other words... You can eat a lot of protein at once, or you can eat a little bit of protein in small servings. It really doesn't make a difference. However, there are things you want to consider, and that's what we're about to talk about. First, you have to address where that myth came from, right? So <clears throat> for a long time, uh, a, a lot of people used to say things like, oh, you can't assimilate more than 35 yeah. grams of protein in a sitting. Therefore, if you had 60 or 70 grams, it was a waste of time, but that's not true, but there's some truth to that. Like you can't, so your body doesn't necessarily use all of it towards building muscle. Your body still uses it and gets stored as energy. So you, it's not like it doesn't well, exist. So, so you have to explain first where that myth originated from and why it originated and then why this new study is such a breakthrough. We have to back up because nobody talked about this ever until bodybuilding started to influence uh, fitness um, and people start to look to bodybuilders for how you should eat or train if you want to look a particular way. Now, bodybuilders for a long time have been consuming multiple meals a day, more than the traditional two or three that the average person will eat. And bodybuilders did this, by the way, not for any other reason other than uh, it was hard for them to consume the amount of calories that they needed in just two or three meals. I mean, if you're a 240 pound, you know, bodybuilder and you're eating 4,000 calories a day 
I mean, yeah, you could eat three, you know, 1100 calorie meals or 1200 calorie meals or whatever, but it was probably better and it felt better to eat smaller meals throughout the day. So that's kind of where it started. Now, what happened over time is this turned into this myth that um, this would help you build more muscle. You have more amino acids uh, constantly floating through the blood. If you can, if you eat this way, which means your body's going to turn it more into muscle. Supplement companies jumped jumped all over this because making a protein supplement, you know, a bar, for example, like trying to make a protein bar with more than thirty five grams of protein, you're gonna have a big brick, a big heavy yeah. brick <laughs> of a protein bar. So they just perpetuated this myth. And, uh, then muscle magazines jumped on top of it and all that stuff. And so then, you know, the myth was, you know, 30, it was always around 35 to 45 grams, which, oh, incidentally is about the most amount of protein you can fit in a bar or, or a shake before it turns into something you don't want to necessarily consume. And so then that was the whole thing. And then you heard the whole like post workout anabolic window. And, mm -hmm. and so the argument was this Adam, and there was some data that actually suggested this, which is if you consume more than a certain amount of protein at, at a sitting, that the excess protein, because your body will utilize so much, the excess gets oxidized or gets turned into energy, mm -hmm. which then loosely became, uh, you know, associated with like it's a waste of protein, which even then it was never said that way. Even then, um, because the studies still showed you build muscle the same and all that stuff and that didn't make a difference. But people took that around with it and said, if you eat more than X amount of grams of protein at one time, it's a total waste. Well, a new study came out showing that the the anabolic effect, right? Or let's say that the, the, how protein gets oxidized, right? It, it essentially matches the amount of protein that you eat. In other words, if it's 20 grams of protein, you get this, you know, this kind of like amino acids getting assimilated for anabolic purposes. And then it kind of dips down. Well, if it's hundred grams of protein, which this study actually used and the way they did this, by, by the way, it was a very complex study. I, I talked to Lane Norton, who's uh, in, in our strong opinion, uh, one of the foremost experts, especially on protein. This is like what he- yeah. His whole thesis was on leucine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy's like, he's, you know, he's very honest guy, lots of integrity uh, and, you know, expert on a lot of things, nutrition, but especially protein. And so he talked about the study and talked about how they tagged the protein. So it was easy to track through the body. And he said, this is a very well-made study. So I trust his opinion. He said like, you know, in the study, a hundred grams of protein means that, that anabolic uh, activity just extends longer. So it's like those amino acids are floating through the body and waiting, waiting, to, get waiting to get used somewhere. Yes. Now this also, by the way, supports mm. the studies that show that when you have two equal calorie diets, but one is a high protein diet, let's say one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And the other one is a lower protein, let's say RDA recommendation, which is like, which is, you know, a third of that, right? Same calories though you would expect them to experience the same fat loss and muscle gain, but the studies actually show that the, that the high protein group builds more muscle and loses more body fat. So what the hell is going on here? Well, originally the way it was explained was, well, the muscle building process is helping with the fat loss process, but what might actually be happening, cause these are not like super long. It's not like they're like five year studies, right? They're typically 16 week studies or, or, or so. What's probably happening is protein is less likely than fat and carbs to be turned into something you can store. It's as if protein, by the way, this completely backs up. Oh, wow. So, that, so your, your, your theory on that is the excess protein. Say you eat this big 150 gram protein meal and yes, uh, so only a portion of that gets prioritized right away to building muscle. And then the rest of it's kind of 
floating around waiting to get utilized. Yes. And it's more likely to wait around and get utilized for that training session that happens in, yeah. say, hmm. eight to 10 hours. Or Wow. Yeah. Then it is to get stored as a bo as body fat. And this makes sense because high protein, same calorie diets <clears throat> tend to result in more fat loss. And they explained it away by saying the thermogenic effect of protein and the muscle building effect, effect of protein. I mean, okay, here's what's so crazy about this, Sal, hmm. is how much this aligns with how we've been coaching people That's right. for so long. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that obviously, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you've heard us say, like, many times we will give the simple advice of, I don't want you to worry about anything else. Yep. Yep. Just hit that one right. to one grams of protein, and and that's just that's just from experience. We've we've learned that man, if a client just dials that in and is consistent with getting that through Whole Foods, almost every almost always they see significant. The rest of the stuff yeah. kind of takes care of itself yeah. until you start getting to you know, trying to get next level shredded or next level performance, yeah. then it takes some fine tuning. But for the general population, oh, for the general population yeah. who's just trying to get fit, just trying to build some muscle, just trying to burn some body fat, boy, is that the biggest rock. I mean, this is huge because, and again, it's a well-made <laughs> study and it also, it supports evolutionary theory. Okay. In nature, forget, like we don't have farms, we don't have agriculture, we don't have grocery stores. Like we're just hunter gatherers. Okay. <clears throat> Do you know what's hard to come by? Yeah, lots nature? of protein. <laughs> protein. Yeah. And protein when you, and then when you do, that lasts. And then when you do, it comes at 500 pounds at yeah. once. Yes. Yeah. So your body is like, okay, we want to use this protein for what it's most valuable for, right. which is repair and rebuild. Now, that's not to say that your body can't turn excess protein into body fat if your calories are above what you burn, because it can do that. But it's less likely to turn excess calories from protein into fat than carbs or fats, yeah. which is wild. That like is this wild. is this is amazing because I've always heard that it's like a slower process to convert it to energy. Uh, yeah, is that yeah? So yeah, turning protein into uh, you know through gluconeogenesis is kind of a a lengthy process. Real lengthy. Yeah, I wonder do they do any kind of length in terms of like how long they anticipate it's just kind of roaming free. Well, I would imagine Justin, and this, again, we're just thinking out talking out loud here is or thinking out loud. Uh, it really depends on the what of the demand, well, and demand, the health of the person, yeah. the demand you That's put right. on the body. That's yeah. right. So let's say you you eat all this excess protein and you just chill. You don't do anything high demand Correct. and rest till your workout the next day. Correct. Good chances are a lot of that protein is going to be hanging or around. Or you don't work out at all. Yeah, it's going to get prioritized yeah. to lift to that belt versus that same person goes for a hard run for sure. an hour and a half. Well, then the body's going to be like, we need something. And I would yeah. imagine that it would prioritize pull, that yeah. to energy. Well, in fact, in the study, that's what they did. They actually hmm. had the people work out really hard. And then, this, then they did the protein uh, consumption. So it was post-workout. Yeah. So it could be connected to that recovery process as well, where you eat a large bolus of protein while your body's trying to recover and adapt and build. Um, then the the length of time at which those amino acids get used for rebuilding is directly connected to the amount of protein that you just consume. In other words, it just stays that way longer. Mm -hmm. Now, what's cool about this it's is, okay, what have we always said on the show about people who, you know, do, should eat small amounts of protein throughout the day or one big serving or whatever? We always said it was splitting hairs. Probably make, it makes no difference when it comes to building muscle. Um, and that seems to be true. Now, here's the caveat before everybody gets excited and goes and decides to do some weird, you know, I'm going to eat all my protein at one time. Type Digestion. Of Digestion is the, is the issue. In fact, the number one thing you should consider with your diet, 
you know, uh, of course you want to make sure you have the adequate nutrients and macros and all that stuff, but what you need to consider is your digestion. That's the most important thing because if I'm eating 200 grams of protein for me, which would be considered for me optimal for muscle building, fat loss, strength, et cetera, you know, if I eat two 100 gram protein meals, I wouldn't feel very good. You know, that much protein in one meal, first off, I probably would be force feeding myself. It's so, it produces so much satiety. Once I got to 50, 60, 70 grams, I'm like, oh, this is really rough. So the smaller frequent feedings, just the more protein you consume, it just tends to make so you know, more sense. You know what's interesting about that, Sal? Mm. <clears throat> There's a difference in, in what I'm eating where that really matters. For example, I can eat a, I can eat a pound of meat. So can I. And yeah, I, can do the same. I will actually be fine. I've, I, I, so I can eat, what's that, 80 yeah. to 100 grams of protein in, in meat. But if I take in 100 grams of cheese, da- any sort of dairy or a protein shake, or yeah. I'm on the toilet right afterwards. It right. goes, it feels like it goes right through me. And right. I don't, in fact, if I'm eating that much protein in one sitting, that is like easy, which is ironic, right? Easy, digestible, fast digesting type of, of food. It feel, I feel like it goes yeah. in and out right. But if I had something like, say, meat and rice or something like that, I can get away with that. Digestion so, is what you got to always yeah. consider. So that it so does matter. It makes and that makes and and you know obviously there's something going on there, and I I have to assume that for ultimately building muscle, I'm getting more benefits from that one pound of steak than I would be a hundred grams of a protein. What have we always said on the show? What do you need to consider most? What's sustainable? What fits your lifestyle? What makes you feel the best? Because the rest of it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter whether you eat the protein in 10 small servings or three larger servings. it's not going to stick otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. yeah. It's not going to last. You had a great talk with Lane today on our story uh, about this study. And, um, you know, he's like, ah, you know, I don't really, and I think I, we agree too. I don't really think that, I mean, this study is a landmark study. He said, this is in- yeah. incredible. I, you were excited about it too. But what most of us have kind of already figured out, it wouldn't change much of how we're eating. No. He said, except for two things that I thought were interesting. One, he goes, I would I would probably back out some of my hypothesis on fasting. So right. I thought that was interesting that he admitted that hmm. maybe he would he would be, uh, you know, uh, less negative, I guess, about, uh, about it. And then the other thing he said was, I could see now um, some added benefits to having like a real large protein meal at night, right before bed. Right. So... I thought that was kind of interesting that and and maybe something that I would consider differently. I Again, if it affects your digestion poorly though, then no. Like I could not see Justin eating a massive protein meal an hour before bed, right? Because that tends to mess up your Well, maybe if it's got cheese it depends, on it. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I'd have to I think with the meat I'd I'd be better off for sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely not like any heavy carb or dairy based. Listen, this just shows how valuable, especially animal protein, because that's the densest most nutrient dense in terms of protein source of protein to find high quality amino acid profile, the whole deal. It just goes to show you how value, how much value we, our bodies through evolution have placed on protein. That's how valuable it is that your body is like, Hey, if we have to turn this into energy, we will, but boy, we need this for repair and rebuild protein in the hunter gatherer world was gold. Yes, you know what it meant? Goose. It meant you took massive risks and you just hunted and risked your life and killed an extremely nutrient-dense source of food and energy, which is an animal. So, yeah, that's how we evolved. And it prioritized it. It, 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 it makes me feel like, yeah. too, that we most likely actually probably 
gorged a bit after that. That's the whole, that's why yeah. when people would say, no, you build more muscle if you eat the same amount of protein throughout the day. And I said, that doesn't make sense evolutionarily. Why would, why would that even, why would we have refrigerators? That you no, know? that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. You would eat as much as you yeah, could. You're gonna, for, you kill it. an animal. It's like, we're going to eat it until we can, you know, until we're full. And, and then, then we some more. Then you would full. ration out the rest. That's yeah, how I and, feel. And, totally. and what are you going to, how are you going to store it? You know, what yeah. are we, this food's going to go bad. Yeah. You know, they're not looking at waste. They're not looking at elk and going like, well, that's, I'm going to, you know, uh, meal prep for the next. That's <laughs> interesting to think about, like, having a really big uh, protein feast and then actually going on maybe a two, three-day fast or something like that. Oh, wow. Well, even extend it like that, that's interesting. Right? That might be an interesting experiment. That is interesting. That makes, that's, that's cool. So another study, I didn't get a chance to talk to him uh, uh, about this, but, and by the way, here's what I, you know, I really like Lane because he has a lot of integrity and he'll say, and he literally said in the talk. Twice he said he'd back up. He said, up. I'm going to back up some of the, my hypothesis. And this might've shown a few things that I potentially, that I thought might be true or not so true. He said something else that was interesting. He personally conducted a study with mice where he compared frequent feedings of protein to less frequent feedings over the course of eight weeks to see if there was a difference. So everything was controlled, right? Is there a difference in muscle mass gain? And the frequent feeding of the mice showed a slight increase in muscle. And that's where his hypothesis was fasting, even if all things being equal, will build less muscle. And he said to me, we're splitting hairs with that. He goes, because eight weeks with a mouse study, he goes, a mouse is, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the lifespan of a mouse like is 40, so short. 40 years for us. It would be right? like 10 years uh, for a human hmm. for you to notice any difference. So he's like, it's totally splitting hairs. Huh. And again, it goes back to what we learned as trainers. Like, I don't even care if it's 5% better. If you feel better the other way and it's more sustainable, that's the right answer. Sure. But this study does show it doesn't matter. There's another study that came out that's been flying. It was a twin study. These are cool studies because twin studies are difficult to come by. I think I saw this. And yeah, what's cool about them is uh, in a large part, you control the the subjects, right? You got the same, yeah. although epigenetics has kind of shown that so that's your most 100%. ideal controls, right? Was yeah. this the one where they did one on vegan and then one? Yeah, okay, I did. So see. they had one group of twins. So they had, a, uh, I don't remember how many sets of twins, but it was, you know, it was like 20 something sets. One twin omnivore diet, one twin vegan diet. And here's what they found. The vegan diet, twin had improved blood markers. Okay. So better LDL. Uh, and there was a couple other blood markers that were improved. And so everybody was like, yay, here's the evidence that, um, that the vegan diet was better. Well, Lane went in, broke it down and said, okay, uh, the vegan diet was 200 calories lower than the omnivore diet. Now a lower calorie diet is going to improve blood markers more than a higher calorie diet. Okay. The second factor was the vegan diet people ate much less saturated fat, more polyunsaturated fat, which we know will affect your LDL. So Lane's like expected. These results are expected. If if they were fatty acid profiles were similar, if the calories were similar, you wouldn't see this, whatever. Also, what they don't include in the media or headline reports is they asked the twins that did the vegan diet, did you enjoy this diet? And this is a diet that you want to continue. And they all said no. Oh, what? Yeah, so like it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This sucks. I don't like the yeah, way I feel or whatever. Forget about it. I'm not going to do it, you know? Which, you know, that's important. Like, that's super important. You got to pay attention to it. real life. Yeah, yeah like We're I don't care. lab experiments. Yeah, I could give you the most effective anything, uh, but if you hate it and you won't do it, it doesn't matter. I really feel like uh, Lane's value to uh, our community in the next decade is going to be more important than it's ever been because I think of the effort towards pushing the agenda of oh my God. fake meat yep. and not eating or not eating meat. 
is going to go is going to go so hard in that direction that we're going to continue to see studies like this that are presented in a way that can easily be manipulated or misunderstood mm-hmm. on on that this is a better way of eating. So having someone what he's doing right now, I mean, uh, I've always thought it's 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 helpful. Uh, for people that are trying to 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 figure what what's true, what's not, but boy, is he going to be? Are important. you guys familiar? You just reminding me. I probably brought this up a long time ago. I haven't talked about it for a while though. Are you guys familiar with Doctor Weston A. Price? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tooth, tooth guy. Yeah. Tooth guy. Right. So have you seen? So dentist. Right. Yeah. So have you seen? So what what Doctor Weston Price did is he traveled all around the world and he examined people's teeth and he he had theories on whether or not diet would affect structure and health of teeth. Um, and so he wanted to look at how people are eating, how are their teeth, how's the teeth alignment, are they strong, do they have cavities, et cetera. And he kept finding in these, uh, you know, you know, these carnivore based uh, rural, yeah, like rural these, areas, these, they, society, these, yeah. these groups of people that ate like hunter gatherers. So yeah. they didn't have access to dental care, toothbrushes, toothpaste, you know, floss braces. They all had very straight healthy teeth, mm-hmm. like no crooked teeth, no need for braces, no need. Like, so no. all the teeth looked perfect. Everybody's wisdom teeth fit. I was going to say, yeah. And nobody had cavities. And so he started looking at the diets and he, so the Weston, Weston Price, one of the first people to advocate for consumption of raw milk and meat and organ meats and that kind of stuff. Now that you hear all these like, and of course it got people. dis, it got dismissed because he's a dentist and he's not a nutritionist well, or a doc, right? I mean, well, I mean, what he said is at me, but now a lot of what he said has been proven uh, totally true. I know, but that's yeah. part of the reason why it's not as widely accepted yep. as it should be is because it's like yep. that people are quick to, Oh, that's not, he's not a yep. nutritionist. How could he tell us how yeah. to eat? Yeah. No. You ever read the reports of, um, uh, the old world, um, uh, explorers when they came to the new world, right? So you got people from Europe, they had agriculture, they were growing and they were surviving off a lot of grain and stuff like that. When they came to the quote unquote new world, the reports on the natives, like they're tall, they all have straight white teeth. Mm-hmm. They all, it's because they were still eating um, that hunter gatherer diet. Oh, interesting. And, oh yeah. Europeans, although they had superior technology and of course they brought, crazy viruses and stuff with them. Yeah. They were all shorter and had I really mean, messed up. Even just working through the meat and, you know, bone and like tissue and everything. Yeah. Like, it's just that, that amount of exercise that your jaw and your masters and all these muscles and your face, like it makes room for those wisdom teeth to come in nicely. And it's like, we don't have enough room because Dude, of our diet. This blew me away. So I, you know, with my kids, right. I have two older kids, and two younger kids. And my, my, my daughter, she had to wear braces and she still has them on. Right. And, uh, this is, and by this point, I've already kind of understood like what's happening and I'm learning more about how your diet affects how your mouth grows and shapes and how your teeth space and mm-hmm. you know braces and are your teeth crooked? Well, it's probably related to diet. And all I don't imagine apnea is part of that. Oh yeah. Too. So, uh, so obviously your mouth, your palate is moldable. And anybody who does, who denies this, that's what braces are. You know, when you, when a kid wears braces, oftentimes they'll even have to add, um, like things that stretch out, that stretch out the jaw Mm -hmm. to make room. Bands that bands that change your bite. So if you're a little kid and you're eating, like, you're not like chewing on hard things and meat and stuff like that, your teeth will form. And shape to the way you're eating. And oftentimes these misaligned teeth and stuff like this is due and result of that. It's wild. Mm-hmm. It's not widely accepted by, by modern medicine, but 
There's a lot of crazy data. You know, sp- speaking of kids, did you see Organifi's new product? Oh, I did. Pretty cool, huh? I did. I'm That's actually really, cool. I'm really. We have a now, bag somewhere. Have you right tried here. it yet? Yeah, I tried to get my kids. So it's, We haven't it, tried it yet, but. It's easy greens. Okay, so. It sounds it, like it's like apple juice. So explain flavor. to me what is, do you know what's different between the regular greens? Because we we would always just kind of give maximum of ours. And, and should I not have been doing that? Like Yeah. A, I, you, <laughs> the diff, Well, this doesn't have ashwagandha. So ashwagandha is an adaptogen. Not sure about whether or not it's a good idea to consistently give a kid ashwagandha. So I I can't comment on that. But because ashwagandha is an adaptogenic and has some real effects, I I would assume it's probably unless, um, you know, unless it's like recommended by a- So my guess is that it's a- uh, lower, like let, I don't want to say watered down, like this make it sound like it's less. It's more appropriate, right, for children, yeah. and it doesn't have herbs in it that are adaptogenic. It's literally, I'll read the ingredients. And right. it probably, I'm assuming, tastes better to get the kids to probably yeah, like yeah. it. There's a prebiotic powder made from acacia, which helps feed healthy bacteria. Uh, coconut uh, powder, which is for the electrolytes. Uh, lemon powder, carrot powder. Then there's spinach, moringa. Uh, chlorella, red beet, uh, broccoli, um, and then they put in digestive enzymes. And there's also a little bit of bacillus, uh, which is a probiotic. So I'm super excited. So this is like a good gut health. I'm super excited to introduce this to Max and seek because I mean, that's always a a challenge, right? So he's a, he's a great eater. He'll, he'll eat most everything on his plate. If there's anything that I'm, I'm challenged with getting him to eat more consistently, it's vegetables. Mm Mm-hmm. So if I could introduce a greens drink like this that he'll like, which he he drank the the adult version, mm-hmm. and if they made this, well, it taste, tastes so good. Yeah, well, I think this is supposed to be even tastier. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was Doug or or Jerry or who was saying it to me. Says supposed to taste like apple juice. Is that yeah, what I heard? Apple juice. Wow. So I'm sure it's gonna it, if it tastes really good like that. I'm sure Max is gonna like it. So I can't wait to to see uh, his response to it. But smart dude, I'm feeding so kids uh, like a really healthy balanced diet is so hard. I know it's hard because kids just don't eat what they don't want to eat. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, ah, I, you know I what do? I think though? I mean, I don't know. It's so hard. Cause I, I can only speak experience from one kid. Right. So I, I mean, I, maybe I just got lucky in a lot of ways. Um, but I think a lot of times that the biggest challenge is actually the parents is ourselves. Yeah. Cause it's hard to, if your kid doesn't want to eat to be like, okay, well then you're not eating. I mean, you sound, that sounds so cruel. It sounds yeah. so bad. Like you're like you, you feel it. I think a lot of times as parents, I think we feel like we need to conform accommodate, to yeah, yeah. accommodate them when it's like, this yeah. is what we have to eat. If you're hungry, this is what we eat. And You'll be hungry. And, enough. Yeah, exactly. Eventually they will get hungry enough that, you know, that food will taste good. And you, and you know, this from experience as an adult, how many times <laughs> have you, I've, have you ever, uh, been really really hungry and then someone gives you something that would be normally bland and boring and then you're like oh my god this tastes so good it's because you were you were hungry the other challenge is to help them uh because this was later i kind of started learning this i was i don't remember who was it i was learning listening to um and they said one of the biggest hurdles and jessica really introduced this to me and she's like this is something we need to consider that one of the biggest most important things you teach your kids in the modern world is you know what's healthy what's not healthy but also having a good relationship with food because we live in a world where everything's so accessible and tasty what, what at some point and i know that look i have family members who grew up in like i have an uncle who was very strict with diet with his kids very strict as soon as those kids came out of the house it was like he was a gangbuster yeah you know 
Um, so it's like, uh, it's like you have to juggle so many different things and then the, the knowledge of it, a lot of people don't even know what's healthy necessarily for them versus their kids. I mean, I felt and, like the, the, the way I always, and I know, I know my family gave me a lot of shit early on. I think they, they, they now, obviously they see it because they see how well it worked. I was real when he was at an age when he couldn't communicate, he couldn't make, he didn't know the difference of food. He, he only knew what I gave him. I was ridiculously strict. It wasn't until he got to an age when he started to recognize what is. Well, he candy. didn't know to even ask. Right? That's right. Yeah. And and I think where a lot of people mess up is I think we all think it's so cool and neat to see the look on a kid's face when they lick ice cream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and we all think it's so funny, but then you've now opened Pandora's. I mean, you've now opened that door, and now they're gonna seek it. Where for the long, I remember the first couple Halloweens, Max played with his candy because he thought they were toys. He didn't know it was candy because yeah. he didn't know any better. Now he has a relationship with it where we can, like Katrina the other night, uh, she just baked cookies. And uh, I, 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 he didn't even ask for it. I said, Matt, you want to you have a cookie with dad? And I bite half of it. And then he takes a yeah. bite of it. And then I eat the rest of it. And it's like, that was it. Yeah, no. There's no, ah! Yeah. I, it's just, you know what's hard? You know what's really hard? We share Zevias. <laughs> you know what? Like, what a, like, here's a good point. Like, start, start it at, right out the gates. Because then it gets real hard to change directions. That's why I think where a lot of parents struggle. Yes. Like, oh, my kid's seven now. How do I change that, Okay, that's where. Oh, now you're going to have. I, I was interviewed on a podcast where we talked mm -hmm. about this. And that was my advice. To, to parents that are starting with their kid is, is to, to kind of emulate similar to what I think we did. I said, it's a whole nother ball game when you've already opened that. Now that that's where I have a lot of empathy because boy, is that hard because yeah. they're children and they, they, they're still trying to uh, like, understand their own emotions and where's the chips. We always eat. Chips yeah. And, and then, and then now, and then you've trained them for seven years of their life that this is normal behavior. And now all of a sudden you've decided yeah. no, like, they're just not, they're not programmed yet to handle that very well. And so, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. That's why I think it's so crucial that in those early years that you as the parent discipline yourself to not give in to that temptation to want to see the look on their face if, when they lick ice cream at one, you know, or yeah. have, you're like, don't, don't do that. See, I do that, but with other foods like, like lemon, you ever give a little kid lemon? Like squirt it in the mouth and watch the look on their face. It's so great. No, it's not. It's just it lemon. Hilarious. It's not hot pepper, you know? Yeah. I do that to my daughter. Well, they're all like excited. They think it's sweet. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. yeah I, so I got, a, I got a new behavior I'm trying to correct. It literally just happened last night. Well, it happened for me for the first time last night. Obviously, it happened before because Katrina told me what was going on. And uh, I don't know what she he wanted. He wanted to do something. And, and Katrina's, no, no, we have to do this first or we have to eat dinner first. And uh, he took off, and um, and I hear the I hear the door close in the the, the back, uh, like our, our you know our guest room downstairs over there, where his toys are all at yeah. and all that stuff. Like that, um, and uh, I said, where where did Max go? She goes, oh, he's this is this is what he does now. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, if he doesn't get his way, he'll go and he'll he'll go pretend to, to pout and cry. And I said, what? I said, oh, we're not having that. So I got up. Walked over there, walked there, and the door, first of all, the door was locked. I was like, I "Whoa, he locked the door!" Yeah, I didn't even hear the locked door. I said, "Maximus," and luckily, it's like one of those easy ones to pick, right? So I picked it. I go in there. He's not only is he in that he went in that room, and then we have a toy closet where all his toys are. Yeah, yeah. He's inside the toy closet, and I open the door, and he's f laying face down, <laughs> you know, oh. pretending to pout like that. I said, Max, so Maximus, cute. get up, come here, <laughs> come here. And he walks over to me and he's like not making eyes. I said, look at daddy in the eyes. Look at me. Look at me. And he's like, no, you know, 
doing all this. this I said, this, that we don't act this way when you, when you don't get your way. You're not going to come over here and, and cry and pout because mommy told you you need to do, I don't remember what it was, first, you have to listen to your mom. And this is not going to get your way. In fact, if you do this, you're going to get less of whatever it was you wanted to do. I don't even remember. And I said, you, I, I'm, I'm not crying. I'm just resting. He tells me he's just resting. Like, yes, yes, you are. I said, get out here. Come on. Let's go do what your mom said, right? Give him a hug. But uh, no, he was fine. Like he wasn't even crying. He was pretending to, to pout. But what I've, so here's what I've, what I've, what I'm learning about my son, right? So I've got this amazing child that I've talked about on just an absolute sweetheart. He doesn't throw tantrums. Such he's a love bug. And he's a love bug. But guess what? What What's the drawback of that? So he's, he's learned to use that, right? Yeah. He's learned to play the heart because he's such a sweet boy. He's so hard to get upset at because he's so good. So he's now when he doesn't get his way, his way of leaning into that, he doesn't throw tantrum. He doesn't throw things. He doesn't get pissed into that. What he does is you get sad, you know, and like you broke his heart, you know, same deal. And so it's like, no, 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 no. So you don't get to do that. So, but that was the first time I've ever seen that. That was last, last night that happened for the first time. And Katrina's like, yeah, it's his new little, move right now. Manipulation. There. Oh, yeah. totally. Uh, it was definitely, you know, dad, uh, dad's like not having that either. Yeah. My, so. Aurelius has been telling me lately, I want to be, uh, I just, I want to be just like Papa when I grow up. I'm like, oh, man, my <laughs> yes. heart, you know, when yeah. you hear that from your kid, you know, yeah. I want to be just like you. I want, And then he goes, I want to be stronger than you. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Ethan there's right our, now is on the bulk. Is he really? Oh, yeah. He, well, he's realizing, too, he's going to be going into high school. Oh, and he's yeah. like, man, like, I'm. he's going through a bit of a growth spurt, but he's still kind of lean. And, I mean, he's athletic and been doing his gymnastic thing, but, like, I'm like, yeah, he's really asking me every day, like, how can I get more protein? How can, like, what wow. are some good ways of doing that? How can I, you know, eat more? Like, this is hard, dad. I'm like, I know. Like, it, it's, it really, it's work. Does he start out with a big breakfast? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And Courtney's like on board and really trying to help both kids. And of course, Everett's like, you know, the little shadow that just wants to like, oh, is he doing that? I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. Hey, better. how much milk do you guys go through, by the way, in your house? Because oh, you guys gallons. all- I was going to say. Gallots. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody drink. Well, me, not so much anymore, but I mean, I was on that train, but yeah, both, both boys drink a lot. Um, and yeah, it's at that point now where, because Courtney's like doing the math and even herself realized how under, um, protein she was in terms of like just all over the years. She was like, yeah. I'm really trying to seek like one gram per body weight. Like, yeah. and she, that was like, just baffling for her and i'm like trying I'm like yeah well it's it's really not easy and if you like start like doing the math and like look at what you're actually consuming like i guarantee you're not even hitting half that yeah. dude clients used to be like do you eat a lot of protein oh yeah i have protein i had protein a yeah. good amount of protein for what would you have yeah i had a hard-boiled egg you know, yeah. something like that. So yeah, you know, yeah. It was like six yeah. grams. Yeah, I had an egg sandwich for breakfast. I had a turkey sandwich for yeah. lunch. Yeah. And then I, I had chicken for dinner. I had a and piece of like, bacon. Oh, cool. You had like... a total of 45 <laughs> grams of protein today. <laughs> like, you're exactly. barely living. So, exactly. No, I, you know, uh, it was interesting to watch. That It was such a cool thing to, uh, I mean, I still remember like yesterday when that transition happened for Katrina because it was midway through our relationship, right? We've been together for 13 years and it was about year six when, the first time I ever got, so we were together over six years before I got a hold of her diet or training or anything. And the only way I know I won her over was because she got to watch the tra me transitioning competing. And she was so mm. blown away 
by how fast I could manipulate my body. And she's just like, yeah, what's, what do you do? Yeah. See, yeah. That's, that's what I'm not doing. Maybe yeah. I, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> There's no way you want to get on stage. But yeah. This is the first time I got her to buy in a bit on the nutrition side. It's, the training took a long time. It took her from cardio kickboxing yeah. to now doing, you know, maps and, and like sticking with strength training exclusively done wonders for her body. But like, yeah, it's the protein. That's just like, what? Oh, yeah. 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 That's a, you know, it, I, it's train Katrina. Once it, I got the shift and showed her, it blew her mind so much that I'd love to see her. She's right now, she's getting back on, you know, she's coming off being sick. And so she's getting back into the consistent lifting again. And I love to see it. Cause she, she knows that's like box one to check is got to get my protein up. She knows that like, you've got to do that. And then it's the, in the lifting and then they, and they have to, correspond with each other right i think that's another thing that we we make this mistake is that you get gung-ho about the working out and you train really hard and you're missing protein it's like man you're just spinning your wheels at that point it's like you're you're sending the signal to build muscle and you're not giving Where's it any the building blocks yeah you're not giving any building blocks so it's like and i've tried to explain that to her i'm like you know that's the thing that i've i've learned over all these years is to learn to work with what i'm also feeding my body like Man, if you see me getting after it, you know that means I've been stringing consistency around yeah. the, the nutrition. If you see me training like really hard in the gym, you know that, oh, Adam's on his diet. Like I've yeah. been, otherwise I'm like, that's so silly to push the body that hard and then to be way under consuming. Yeah. It's so dumb because then you're going to get super sore. You're going to be sore than you than you are longer. I mean, you're not going to build all the muscle you would want to build. Even your performance is limited. Yeah. Yes. To be, to be clear, uh, if you train appropriately and you're not, eating like below what you need for protein, you're going to get stronger. You're going to build muscle, but you could literally add 50% of speed and results to that by simply consuming more protein. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah your but body will adapt. But nobody does what you just said though. Nobody trains appropriately and nobody eats appropriately. Right. Everybody over trains right. and under eats protein. Right, right. Yep. And so, so it's a double whammy. So it's a double whammy. Yeah, it's yeah. like you'd be better off uh, at least fixing one of those two problems. Oh. Either if you're going to overtrain, at least at least do the protein yeah. right and if and if you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you're gonna under train then at least at least hit that you know it's so like pick yeah, one yeah. and solve it but most people miss By on the both way, i think yeah. whammy didn't that come from that game show doug wasn't that a game show that whammy i'm not sure it's also yeah. from anchorman anchorman yeah. oh look anchorman. up the origin of whammy there was a game well, there show. is a game show called yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. where they like they'd hit a button and then those little red like devil guys would come out <laughs> in fact <laughs> he might anchorman he stole from that might have got it from that yeah. like it might be where it came from yeah what's the origin of that doug uh the first example of whammy and print and curl occurred in 1940 uh, 40 yeah popularized by the cartoonist al cap in the comic strip little abner so I don't, I don't oh, okay. know. It's so oh, and that's the game, Whammy. Oh, oh, press your luck. That's what I watched when I would be home six from school. And for sure, because because Anchorman's supposed to take place in like the sixties, right, yeah, or something like that. Seventies, yeah, sixties or seventies. So obviously he's he's you know Actually, yes, paid so, homage yeah. to that. I imagine. Yeah, yeah right now Jessica's on fire with her training, like on fire. And it's, I remember this with uh, Aurelius too. It's like right around the year mark postpartum, like everything starts to like, <laughs> yeah, they, get a, they could get a breather. Finally. Yeah, dude, exactly. There's <laughs> that the body regulates or whatever. So, uh, she's like, it's crazy to watch her just cause she's been working out the whole time and just making little progress here and there. And all of a sudden it's like big jumps in progress uh, each time she's working out. So this will be, this will be fun. Yeah. I mean, she's got those great muscle building genetics, oh, right? God. She's got the ones that like, when I first started dating her, you know, she used to, she, she used to train on the silks. This is like, she learned this by traveling with the circus. 
she would climb the silks with just her arms and her legs out, just boop, 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 like a like a little monkey, just climbing up yeah. super fast. Like holy cow, oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. Where my little ones got the Dahlia yesterday. I took her to a doctor's appointment, and um, right now she's going through right around the year mark. I think I experienced this with Aurelius too. They start to get that uh, like that separation anxiety or stranger danger, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and so she didn't want she doesn't want anybody touching her if she doesn't know them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we go to the office. She's already associating the office with whatever. So she's already anxious. She's clinging on to me. So the whole time I have to have her on me while the practitioner is doing stuff with her and she's just, she's not doing anything that's hurting her, but she's like crying and I cannot not get affected by that. Like oh, while yeah. I'm doing, and she's not, it's not like she got a shot or anything, right? Like, oh yeah, they're just, but you just feel, you feel, oh, you feel her energy because oh. she's looking at me, oh, you know, yeah. and I know she's thinking like, are you going to save me dad? And I'm like, no, I know. I told you dad. that time we went to the, the ER and they couldn't get an IV started on oh. Everett. And then Courtney, we were just sitting there just dying inside. You know, I bet Courtney was totally, oh, yeah. she was dying. Let me it, do it. <laughs> she did. So oh, she, she stepped in and did it first try. <laughs> And got it on your own kid. Yeah, on our own. Kid. And I was like, "Thank you." I was like, "Thank you for doing that," because that I was literally dying. Like, I, was, oh, I can't. Don't this. you get the feeling? Because you know that the nurse and the doctor, like, they don't mean any harm, right? No, you. But don't, you but because your them, kid's but... crying and they're still doing something to your kid and it's not working, I start to feel anger towards the. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, you can't help. You better it. get this in. That, I'm gonna throw you out the that's window. That's the the, yeah, it's the hard natural to, feeling it's like of guilt that you yeah. have because you're allowing somebody yeah. else to make the kid feel that way, yeah. and that your job is to protect yeah. them, right? And, yeah. you're, and it, so it feels like you're not. Yeah, you know? dude. Like you're, yeah. So no. like, I'm gonna beat you up. One more try. I mean, I'm so I'm really I'm really lucky that that Katrina really handled a lot of the 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 doctor appointments and also the taking Max to school. Because those two things, like I'm definitely like as much of a hard ass as I am, I'm soft as fuck. Those two, those two, those two areas, hard shell, but that that shit. Yeah, like I mean, look at my son pouting last night. I'm a hard ass. Come here, look at me in the eyes. We don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I can be that guy. But then, (laughs) but are you a drama? But then, yeah, yeah. Go to school and yeah, take him to school. Daddy, I don't want to go to school. You know, all right, we can go. I don't want you to do either, dude. Isn't that weird though? It's like day off. It's weird how there's there's certain things like that where. You know that'll that'll hit my heartstrings just right, and I am a total softie. Oh, you about just it. wait. Well, let's see. With my daughters, it's even worse. Like my my thirteen, my fourteen, well, she's fourteen now. I can't believe it. it. You know, if she says some boy said something to her and it hurt her feelings, like I picked her up one day. <laughs> You're just Bro, looking for him. Just I picked scary. her up one day, and how do you not want to just show up to school with your shirt off like the next yeah, day? Just dude, where's just, where's Timmy yeah. at? I hey, listen. You know what thought goes through my you. head? Yeah, my what thought goes through my head is obviously I can't go and and frighten and bully a 13 year old, a 14 year old kid. Right. So my thought is I'm going to find his dad. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to fight his dad and then he'll, he'll tell him, Hey, this guy came and terrified me. Speaking of shirts off, by the way, how did I get elected? Hold on. on. I have a question for you. Right. Okay. So let's just do a hypothetical here. Like, uh, (laughs) your daughter brings a guy home, boyfriend, potentially. Right. His name's taco. What's your feelings about that? (laughs) What? I have to know. My son is told that his me, real name? Yeah, there's this kid that's like in school with him. His name's Taco. That's a real name? Yeah. Or is that a nickname? He's a white kid, blonde hair. His name's Taco. Really? Yeah. Wait, so his, his parents love Taco. I was tacos. like, yeah, I was like, it's, love it's like the whole Apple thing for me. It's like, remember when celebrities lost their mind? Dude, they, they still just, are like, they they celebrities name always name their shit. kids some weird, weird yeah. yeah, weird ass thing. But that was a new one for me. I was just like, yeah, I love Taco. You know tacos what that makes too. me think immediately? It makes me think immediately that- They love tacos. Well, no, more. <laughs> That's what I think It's of. almost like, 
you know, like they ate tacos, then they had sex, and then the baby. That's not what I think. I think there's like a husband and wife, and they're talking, and they're like, you know, they're throwing around names. Like, you know what? Like, you love tacos. I love tacos. What kind of stoners are they? I mean, they're probably are. Sister Chalupa. Yeah. What are we doing here? Taco. That's an interesting. And I think, and my sister Brito, super famous and rich people can get away with it because they know their kid's not going to. They know their kid by default because of the rich kid in school is not going to get bullied like the, yeah. the rest of the kids are so that's the only reason why they can get away with that bullshit Bro, every got, normal fucking person doesn't name their kid that because like, i didn't believe him i was exactly because i'm like you gotta be like somebody to do something outrageous like that okay. right the craziest name that i ever he's saw he's blonde hair blue eye too yeah that he's not even <laughs> that's like, what i thought for a second maybe funnier. it was spelled yeah. differently it's an ethnic name or something like that but maybe they're not. like paps blue ribbon drinkers they're super ironic you know yeah. what i mean they're <laughs> just like the hipsters and they're like, yeah maybe they are maybe they are wealthy adam maybe it's your theory maybe they are wealthy and they're like how are we going to raise this kid with hardship? Some humility? Yeah. yeah. How are we going to get some humility? Yeah. Name him fuck something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have everything, so we may as well fuck his name up. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got to have some kind of adversity. <laughs> name him hetero. I knew a kid. Yeah. Uh, I knew a kid who was, was their, his parent, their parents, it's a girl, her parents uh, conceived them in Vegas after they won a bunch of money. So the name of the girl was Guess the Money. No. I swear to God. Guess some money. Guess some money. Guess some money. So it's like G E S O M. So it looks like Gethsemane yes, or something. But, but it's the name is literally Guess some money. And that's the story that my parents went Shut. to Vegas, won a bunch of money, wow. conceived me. That's so funny. I know. I'm going to get a message. I just, now. you know, what am I favorite? Because they know who they are. What they, are my favorite? I know. I got, exactly. Like, one of my favorite only Christmas so tacos movies is uh, Four Christmases. And so good. That's the one where the, all the brothers are named after where they were conceived. <laughs> Denver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you remember? Yeah, do you remember that? That's so awkward. You, <laughs> you know where your parents had sex? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 You guys ever, hey, do you guys ever hear? You guys ever hear hey, that? Santa Fe. You yeah. guys ever hear that when you were kids? Good you, times. Ever, you ever hear your parents have sex when you were kids? They ever happen to you? Oh, was, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every kid. Why you bring that up, dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. now, did you know when you Still heard fresh. it, or was it later? When you got older, you're like, oh my God, that's what was happening? Yeah, like I kind of knew, but I didn't know until later on. But like it was, it's one of those things where, I mean, my dad built this house. You could hear like it, the, the walls were just too thin <laughs> for one. And they were upstairs and they would always go to bed early when they did it. You know, yeah. and me and my brother kind of caught on to this and locked the door. Don't try and open the door. Like my dad was like, really like adamant. I'm like, okay, whoa, guy. You know, we're just gonna be downstairs watching a TV, you know? And then, and then, what's up? I just went up because I think I forgot something. I just opened the door. No, you did. Oh, you no. walked in? Oh no. Oh, just not far in, but I heard you, things. Oh, you didn't and see anything. Beelined Bolted. it out of there. I mean, yeah. bro, I from fourth grade to to uh, seventh grade, I lived in a, a converted double wide trailer to a home, right? So all it was like a double wide trailer that had a, a living room oh, built on it. You hear someone breathing, that's yeah, it. bro. So, yeah, <laughs> bro. it was ter fucking terrible, did, dude. Didn't so I, torture. I told you guys that uh, when we, we threw that event up in um, uh, uh, not Truckee, yeah, it was it was up near Truckee where we were up in, in Tahoe, and um. Courtney was up there and she was telling the story and uh oh, Ethan, oh, oh, oh that was with uh, Katrina's mom and everybody. Yeah, and they yeah, were all yeah. kind of together and then and then he just started kind of describing like yeah, but sometimes Do you, you start about like the night the, or the, in the, that night he get woken up and like he'd be scared. 
Because you know, he'd hear, he'd hear like monster sound. noises and thumping noises. <laughs> like explain the noises. Yeah, he was describing Courtney. I'll never forget that because Katrina had told me like how embarrassing it was for Courtney. She said Courtney's on dinner and her face, her is, face just is turning red. Just because bright red. We're like, he's like describing like, yeah, there's this like, you know, th- <laughs> and, and you hear this this, this scary moaning noise. He's like, yeah. he's so describing it in detail. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And he's yeah. so young, you know, it's innocent. So he doesn't know, he has no idea what's going on. And everybody's like, kind of laughing. And so he, you know, like people are encouraging. Like, he's so like, he's oh, yeah, this story's going great. You know, <laughs> so he just like leans into it. And he's like, yeah, it was really like loud. <laughs> oh. Like, oh my God, he's oh. going to remember that. Now, later, I, never, I never heard my parents, but I would wake up because I. <laughs> I would hear uh, they. I would hear them take a shower in the middle of the night, and I didn't know what that was. Like I would remember thinking, like, why are they taking a shower right now? That's really weird. I always feel like that's a dead. Then when I got older, yeah. I was like, oh fuck! I always feel like that's, that's a dead. When someone stays at my house and I'm like upstairs, and I'm just like, it's two in the morning. I'm getting up to shower. And we're running the water, so like <laughs> everybody in the house has to know right Whatever. now. You might as well announce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send a text. It's my house. I don't yeah. give a shit. You know. No, no, no. Hilarious. Anyway, speaking of shirts off, how hey. did I get nominated? So explain this meeting I didn't attend. <laughs> Where you guys got to vote me as the Katrina guy. came in and and obviously she manages all the partners and uh, it's the end of the year right now so all the partners talk about the things that they want from us for Who next sends year the most selfies sure and we agree to some things some things we don't agree to exactly. Katrina many times negotiating deals will agree to some stuff that maybe we're not excited about and she announced that. Juve wants all these half naked photos of us in front of the red light, and you were the yeah. one who didn't make the meeting. So we so volu- I got the short straw. So, so we yeah. volunteered you and your hairy nipples. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys all vote on it? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was, you, it was, it was a nice red it was just, glow. It was just clear. We did like a real quick, not it, and you were not the only one that did get to say not it. <laughs> as easy as that. I don't want to do a commercial like that. It's so yeah, weird and yeah. awkward. It's yeah. just, you know, it's for our partners. Yeah. It's so awkward. You look the you sexiest to, right now, too. Yeah. So it's, you, have right. to you have to represent the, the, You sold me, Adam. All the games. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to tell me how sexy I was. The whole reason why I asked That's all I wanted to hear. To hear that. That's exactly what This is so weird. Why didn't you guys Searching for compliments. Me, yeah? I know. Like, fishing right there. <laughs> fishing. Tell me why. Why Why me? Of all of us. I mean, anybody could have done it. Remember Justin said I looked like a trophy that one time. So I thought the, the oh, golden one, dude. Hey, so hey, I am I am getting okay. So just to just admit, you know, I like to admit when you're right about certain things. I like to give you your credit when you deserve it. Um, the Matt Black Cybertruck's kind of grown on me oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. what? Kind of. Are you going to be an Not a lot. It before me? Yeah, that's what I would do. That's some <laughs> shit you would do, bro. Roll up in the Matt Black Cybertruck. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we need to copy. Why, would you, did you see one? Or you just I've just been seeing, uh, they're starting to pop up, right? Not in per- I haven't seen one in person. Yeah, I, want, I wonder what it, I But I really, I really do not like the, this, the, the silver refrigerator, refrigerator one. one. It yeah. looks like the, and it gets all smudgy looking. It does, I don't think it looks good at all. I don't like, uh, I've never liked when people do those wraps that are chrome looking too. I'm just not into, into that look of a car at all. Uh, and it's already a weird looking car. But Matt Black. I mean, they tried it with the DeLorean, right? And then that, that was the, like the only one I remember yeah. that like, you know, like took off. Is that the only other car that was stainless steel? It's, that I can. I, no, I'm sure there was other ones. But I just, that's the definitive one. That yeah, it decided is. to do I it mean, that way. And it, the matte black model, especially when I look at And the other thing I don't like are the dorky rims that it comes with. You put some cool tires and rims on that and the really, matte like black the look. Rims. And oh, you do? Yeah, oh. I think it matches the car. Oh, yeah, I know. 
Yeah, because it looks dorky. I, you know, I think that <laughs> I'm it, still not. Sold, it looks dude. a little military. If you if you put some beefier tires and some good rims on that thing and all matte black, it looks it looks pretty. It looks like something that you would be driving in the robot wars. You know? Yeah, it does. It looks like if if it could like fold yeah, up its wheels and then all of a sudden fly to space. Yeah, those then, wow. then I'm in. Those wheels yeah. got to go. Did though. you guys see the? Have you seen the interior? Not have really. You seen pictures that pull up the interior. It's very. Oh, so yes, they did a camo version. No, huh? those are. I think that those they wrap the CGI yeah. things or whatever they no, do. No, I think they 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 do those so that when people take pictures of it, like before release, so they don't get the full. It's hard to get an idea what they really look like. Oh, don't really? cars do that where they try to they try to like uh, they'll, they'll cover them in weird so that when um, oh. reporters try and take pictures of them, the the new Mustang is out, but it's hard to kind of make out what. Oh, it looks I like. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's um, but look up the interior, Doug. It's very. Clean, clean and, and there's it's not busy whatsoever. I mean, it I figured it would look basic. like I figured it would look like the te- all the other Teslas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Like if you open that up, look at the. De- it's like a like not big a lot de- of gauges. No, yeah. no, it's so it's gonna be really interesting to get used to if I you know f- to drive something like that. I mean, what, what, it looks roomy, which is cool. Very. Um, I don't. You know, I don't know. I like. I like. And buttons. it doesn't have a traditional steering wheel. It doesn't. Look, it doesn't look comfortable. Funny. Cause like there's there's a lot of those AI rendered creations of like, uh, let's say like the Escalade or, oh, or like you yeah. know all these like uh, like Chevy trucks and yeah. things, but they don't put them into production, oh, and man. so it's like know. you know th- this is out, and even like Ford has the Raptor, and like there's other like the TRX for the uh, Ram, and it's yeah. like I keep waiting for like GM to make some moves here. I mean, I saw the, I saw what you're talking about, but that would be a, that that truck looks sick. It looks so sick. I would love for them. I'm to a that. design guy, so this is. I mean, it's. It, I get it. Like I get the futurism and all that with this. It's it just it's hard because it's so it's so different, different than anything. And in, in it's I think it'd take a long time for people to get used to it. I that's what I'm like saying. Me, anyway. Like well, the interior is hard in, for in me the map in the map block. I, I I was looking at. It, I'm like, okay, I can. Is there is there fuck a, with this? Is there it a car the from our childhood that you guys uh, really really liked? Not like a older or you know because obviously like the, from the years that from we the were, years that we grew up is there a car that you're yeah. like oh i really want that. I, lo- I was in love with the acura integra uh, you know i liked it too i love that i car. was a fan but you actually got one yeah i did they, they got rid of that they got rid of that model that never came back did you, you yeah. had the type r no i didn't have but i i did my ls up to be faster than a type r okay. so i had it all the motor all so you mean like cars like with that were that same time that we were growing yes. up yeah yes. so uh the the toyota truck in back to the future Oh yeah, lifted. yeah. I was like, oh, it's oh, so yeah, sick. Yeah. You, you know, know how much those go for now? Those are those are expensive. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Was look up, t- it wasn't a look Tacoma, up uh, right? Back to the Future no, Toyota Four Runner for sale. Just a regular You'll actually, yeah. if you literally just to pick cue that, it'll come up. It's that's older than us. Though. And that's everything. older than us. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's eighty like, something. Yeah, yeah. That's like early nineties. That's before we drove. Yeah, I was, thought that was new. They're showcasing it in the movie. Well, I mean, what year is the first Back to the Future, bro? Well, that's what I'm saying. I was a kid watching that movie. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm thinking like and when that we thing actually was new. Drove. Okay. Yeah, did, you, you, did, you, did you Google, like I said? No, yeah, don't put five, Forerunner, Doug. Just put Back there to the Future. There it is right there. There it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on, the, on, the, the on the bottom there line, there picture. Okay, this one right here? Yeah. 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 Well, it's just a regular little pickup. Yeah, they sell for a hell of money. Find one for sale. Really? Yes. If you find one for sale, is it it's because spe- of Back to the Future? Yes. Yes. It's just one. There's certain models of of, of vehicles. Like, yeah. for example, if you get like the old Broncos, yeah, like those are All worth right. a lot of money to, you know to refurbish funny? those. How, you know how slow that cars OJ were back model. Then? I actually looked at. I actually looked at this, so that's how I know. Oh, that. He did. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not cheap. I always it's, loved it, dude. I was like, by the way, it's cool. probably a dog. 
It's probably slow as hell and can't do much. The cars when we I were kids, it's good gas mileage. Garbage. Uh, yeah. No, see, that? I disagree. I think that's actually what met, what makes it what what made it cool is that that's what, what that'll why it'll be a, a valuable car is because it was a a cool actual car back then and it still is kind of a cool car. I bet you had like I bet it was like less than two hundred horsepower. Oh well, I'm not gonna argue that. Oh, yeah, yeah nothing probably, was really yeah, I, um, pushing that. You know what then. I used to like the WS6. What is that? Firebird. So remember they had the Camaro uh, Super with the, Sport with the fucking pointed. Loved it. Oh my Loved god! I, that that year, the Ram Air. Those Loved co- it. those Camaros and Pontiacs around that time should all be burned. No, I loved it. <laughs> should yeah, never. Those were the, that was the worst generation. That was the American muscle car of our of our era. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but they, they ruined past, it. Like 70, the sixties and the seventies yeah. was where it was. Yeah, at. I'm not. I, that's why I said our era. That's why I had to yeah. make the context. So of this one has a rebuilt engine. It's. Uh, Expected to sell for seventy five to eighty five thousand. Oh my 70, god! How crazy is that? For that, you could have bought that thing for twelve grand back then. Totally. Seventy five, eighty five grand. That rad. That's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. No, I, it's so funny that we're talking about this because I literally was shopping around at cars and I, I, you know what? This was a badass truck. Let me you know what else I like? Hell of money from our era was the Mitsubishi. What was it called? Oh, the mighty, the mighty truck. No, 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 no. Talking about a car. Oh, it was. Uh, it oh, was you know about the Eclipse? No, I like the Eclipse too, but it was. I think it was a Mitsubishi, and they were typically I'm red. Such an asshole, only American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Did you talk shit about? Yeah, of course. The, the imports. Hundred percent. Were you yeah. like rice rocket, rice yeah. rocket? Every yes, time so. they drove by. Every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. What Mitsubishi Sorry, are you guys. talking about? Oh God, was it a Mitsubishi? It was red. They were typically red. The only Mitsubishi that I know that was cool was the the mighty trucks that were little that were that people used to slam and put the little Dayton wheels on it, and then the and then the. Eclipses, which was like the you know the uh, the car that every chick loved. It was actually one what of the car f- did you like? What car? What Mitsubishi? <laughs> hey, the did you Eclipse like? had a looked like it had a big butt. Yeah, yeah it was Didn't a it? chick car, bro. Yeah. It's like a chick yeah. chick. No, the turbo was pretty good. It I was, mean, it was a fast. Yeah, it was, I mean, it made it on Fast and the Furious. It was a cool, but yeah, they pretty sure a chick drove it in that. <laughs> I mean, those Datsun Zs were pretty cool. Like I, those are still those are still collectibles. Like there's groups that. Uh, yeah. people that want. I mean, I think it's so neat when you have like something like this that actually becomes timeless. I mean, how cool is that? That I mean, that would be. I'm telling you right now, I would drive that right now. That's it's a good looking fun. Yeah, it's a good looking truck. It is, and I bet it's super. I bet you. Okay, so you know, one of the best it's like off, a dump run truck. One of the best off road vehicles you could ever have is a Jeep because of the 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 ratio of like with the wheels, how how light it is. They never get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get a big heavy truck out, you know, that, that looks all tough, but it weighs a lot yeah, of weight. Yeah, start in the they military. Get, right? They get stuck, right? So yeah. Jeeps are, and I bet you that thing is so lightweight. I bet it actually off-roads Mitsubishi really, really, GTO. Really good. Probably. Look up Mitsubishi GTO. Do you guys remember that? They had a GTO? It was a 1990-something, you know, Mitsubishi. Look that up, dog. Uh, G3000. Mitsubishi 3000 GT. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Wait till Doug pulls that's it up. That's before the Eclipse, I think. That was so 1995. This was a this right. was a legit like fast car that for was them. Popular. That remember? Oh that? my god! Yeah, all the back cheerleaders the drove that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but they didn't afford. They couldn't afford. That was an expensive car back then. Oh, you know bad. the most embarrassing thing was one of our cheerleaders. She had like some car kind of like that, and, and on her license plate it said like "I go topless," and it was a hard shell <laughs> it wasn't even convertible imagine being her dad. i'm like you just say like, imagine you're being your dad uh, yeah she's like, like honey uh, why are you driving this i go topless like yeah, okay, yeah i so remember this no car i remember this, this was this here. was the generation before the eclipse i believe the eclipse is what uh this was faster no 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 yeah. no yes no, it no. was i don't think yes so. it was this was much faster I know this. Listen, this is the only era I know about cars because I was into it for like. <laughs> well, I think three it was before. Well, what I'm telling you is, I think it was before. I don't. Yeah. I mean, do you know what's a sleeper car from that era? Grand National. 
the bro that's the ultimate sleeper car yeah that's it looks old, like an old man car that's that the ultimate but those sell for hella money too huh. yeah Try and get it at Grand National. They're, they're super expensive. Yeah, there's there are there are. Oh, that's there that's right Doug's there. era. That's even uh, further back, bro. No, it's not. Yes. No, that's '87. Uh, yeah, '87. Do you guys ever see that old picture of Doug from the 1980s where he's in a leather jacket? Bro. What's that picture? Where'd you take that? Where he's modeling. I took it. I took it myself. I, uh, I shot it. It was into a, a selfie. Mirror. It was a with selfie the camera. Yeah, with Before an actual were a thing. film yeah. camera. Yeah. Doug back was so in the day. ahead of his time. Uh, way ahead of my time. So yeah. ahead of his time. You can see so it on my well. Instagram account. Yeah. He aged so well. He looks younger today. He looks younger today than he did then. I don't know what's going. Yeah, those are those are definitely the. I think that's the ultimate sleeper whip ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a monster back then. Who who Ugly. in here uses the Juve the most? I was using it for a while. I had stopped now, and I can tell. I got to get back on. I, I just use it I just use almost it. every day now. You do. I'm doing an experiment with my hair. Oh. Uh, so traditionally, I just sit in front of the Juve, but it's not face. really hitting the back of my head. Yeah. And I've been having some issues with losing hair on the top of my head. Yeah. And so what I do every night before I go to bed is I put. I have a, a small panel. Mm-hmm. I put it on my bed and I lay down in front of it and, and just it. let it hit my head for ten How to twenty minutes. Uh, for about two and a half weeks, maybe. Okay, so what, like three months is when we'll notice. Yeah, and so if you if you tell me that you can't see my scalp anymore, I'll be very happy. Okay, but I'll attribute it to that. All right. Speaking of hair, do you you what, what's your natural hair color, by the way, Doug? Is it white? To, is it totally it, white? White, or is it like mine? Uh, it's probably more salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah, you don't think that would look good, huh? Uh, you know what? It's too late. I, I've we already run a poll. I've already, I've already asked a certain people in my life if I should go back to that because yeah. I'm, I'm willing to do it. Honestly, it would look good, but they, and, they, and they don't want me to. Yeah. So, you ask your if daughter? they're, if they're the one, if they're the Not ones, my daughter. Are, hey, Doug, no, if they're, if they're the ones sleeping with you, they're the, the ones that you want to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, he, don't it was listen to plural, by the way. Certain people. <laughs> yeah. How many people? Yeah, 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 What's yeah, going on, Doug? Well, I was trying to be very. I was trying to be very general. Okay. I took a survey of 15 like, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, obviously, I, I have a long-term friend that's been doing my hair, and she, of course, she doesn't want me to stop either because I pay her. To, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a little bias there, Doug. Yeah. No, you should never stop. That'll be $160, what are you do with all these dyes? Yeah. 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 Should I just do the $30 haircut, or should yeah. I keep getting my hair yeah. colored? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep coloring it. She's not the one to ask, yeah. but everybody else I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's a little misleading. I think it's actually, I think where, it, uh, where I, I don't like it, and people is like right now it would be hard for Sal to do it now because he's already if I went jet black and my hair and my beard yeah. all I would do is look like a magician you know what I mean I would look <laughs> like, well yeah look you're like, 100% David Blaine yeah, material, bro. Dude. yeah not happening yeah you just you, I'm doing you can't you're already you've already committed that direction yeah. right so I feel like since you've always been very consistent with coloring it even early on it looks great and dude, it, I didn't yeah. actually start doing it until I was probably close to 40 years old, though. Well, that's oh. as long as I've known you. Yeah. Okay. That reminds me, I had this, like, crazy thought. You know how I get all into cults, and I'm, like, through every <laughs> documentary yeah. possible? Okay. I'm like, dude, why, like, so there's magicians out there that just mystify everybody. Yeah. They put on these yeah. acts. Like, they would be the perfect cult leader. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, of course. David, David Lane. Uh, David, kinda, David Blaine would have, like, the biggest. Would, they kind of do. Following. Yeah, of, but, like, but I mean, he no, could. No, but, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, he could take them down. Right, right. To, he could try and say, like, I'm, you know, I'm the, the son of God. Level. I'm the son of God. Oh, Look yeah. at yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could just announce that. And be, and be, I mean, <laughs> and then, <laughs> I mean, he would convince me. Have you <laughs> you've seen some of his shit, yeah. you know, that he does? I'd be like, Maybe yeah. he is. I don't know. You yeah. just eat an apple and all of a sudden like a card comes out. And like, oh! Have you seen that one guy? <laughs> I'm a believer. There's this one dude that it's like, it's like, these are obviously like parody, right? But he pretends to be a magician 
And so he does, he pretends to be like a David Blaine and he does some like really inappropriate like magic <laughs> bits with people. Have you seen these? Uh, oh, probably. bro. Okay. They're bad. I don't even know if I'm going to talk about oh, it on the God. show. We'll clear Do you know his name not. or what? J- the famous, uh, uh, starts with a J, right? Oh, man. You have to look him up. I'll uh, give I'll give us a shout out. Uh, he's like, today. it's in your mouth or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know who we should shout out, and I, I'm sure we may not need to shout this person out because we talk about them so much. But I mean, in case our audience hasn't, is we should shout out Lane. Bio Lane, yeah, Bio Lane on Instagram. His Instagram is Bio Lane, and uh, he is notorious for taking down charlatans and yeah, calling out industry. But he's also bad. if if I if a study comes out that I want someone to really break down. Uh, that's the person I turn to. He'll break it down very honestly. And yeah, we love Lane. Objectively. Yeah, we, we love Lane for sure. There's a device called the Pod made by a company called 8Sleep that really, really improves the quality of your sleep. So here's what it does. You put it over your bed, under your sheets, and it controls the temperature of bed. But that's not all. It monitors your sleep and uses uh, sophisticated AI technology to individualize the temperature throughout the night to improve the quality of your sleep. This is the most effective sleep system anywhere in the world. And it's available not just in the U.S. You can get it in Canada, the U.K., and other countries in EU. So most of you listening have access to this, and we have a discount for you. Go check it out. Go to 8sleep.com. That's 8-E-I-G-H-T. So spelled out, 8sleep.com forward slash mind pump. And on that link, you'll get a discount. All right, back to the show. Our first caller is Josh from California. Hey, welcome back, Josh. Go on, doing, man? man. How can we help you? Uh, well, first off, real quick, I just wanted to say you guys are awesome. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, I've learned quite a lot. I love uh, when you guys talk about you know stuff other than fitness, like managing uh, relationships and mental health and all that kind of stuff. I think it is pushing society in the right direction. So I thank just you. wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. Um, my question is, I, yeah. A little bit of a weird one, but um, I have buddies that do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they get stoned before they do it. And they say that they have a, uh, a really good connection. They learn. I don't know if they, they, they claim that they learned a little bit quicker. I have also tried this in the gym a few times and, you know, uh, you know, gotten nice and enhanced and go in there. And I feel like I have a terrific workout and really make like a good connection to the muscle and I don't know. I feel like I can really um, perfect my form and technique and all that kind of stuff. Uh, am I crazy? Is it uh, is is there any type of uh, you know PED effect with THC, or you know is contemplating my free will while lifting not really doing much? <laughs> you ever worked out? Yeah. You worked out on weed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So look, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so here's the deal. So the, the, there's there is some data on THC a few um, and yeah. athletic performance, and then there's some current there's some newer studies. But the the, the older studies showed that THD reduces excuse me THC reduces uh, reaction time, reduces power output, and essentially re- was not a performance enhancer. Essentially, wasn't something that you an athlete would want to take to imp- improve performance. Now, anecdotally. Especially endurance and stamina based athletes are like, oh, a little THC makes a big difference. Now we do know that THC seems to have some some pain relieving effects, or uh, you know, to put it maybe a little bit more clearly, changes the way you perceive the pain. And with uh, you know, 
athletic endeavors that involve needing that perseverance or grind or whatever, it may help. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of anecdote. There's currently a study underway where they're really trying to be specific about studying whether or not if there's a dose, if it's dose dependent, were they using too much in the older studies? Like what's the deal? Why is there so many anecdotes that are coming out about it? Uh, the last study I saw was a survey based one. And a lot of times people discredit survey based ones, but I don't in this case. And in this study, they asked a bunch of people that used cannabis, you know, before their workouts. And they said, Hey, do you feel like it, it makes your workouts more enjoyable? I like that question because the answer was yes. Uh, for most of them, like, yeah, I did like the workout more. Does that play a role in how your workouts are going to affect you or the relationship you develop with the workout and so on? Yeah, it could be a positive. It could also be a negative one, right? You could also create a negative relationship where you need THC or weed in order to enjoy the workout. Um, so this is a mixed bag for me. And then in jujitsu is like surfing, jujitsu, uh, skateboarding, like certain sports, uh, ultra long distance I, running I, now is one. Uh, yeah, like like we're we're be golf. Yeah, we're yeah, we're. <laughs> Where cannabis is like the like the like they'll talk about it as like this performance enhancer. I mean, I, I, I think it's for different reasons though, right? So I, my theory on this, even though I'm not a jujitsu guy, I have quite a few friends that do, including someone like Sal. And one of the common things that I hear them say that a mistake that a lot of people make in jujitsu is trying to like muscle their way through the moves and stuff. And it's such a sport where you need to be able to flow. And there's a, as much as there is a a strength aspect to it. There's also this kind of like relax yeah. and be strong. And so I think that calming effect that people get from THC, I think that really plays into jujitsu more so than a lot of other sports. As far as the working out one, the studies are, are clear on that. You're not getting a, a performance enhancement. Again, I think that plays into the individual. If you're somebody, let's say, who's got a very high stress life or you got a lot of business stuff, like you get distracted. Like part of why I loved cannabis at night was, you know, it improved my sleep because it would get me out of my own head. Like I always think about work and it's hard for me to not be thinking about the business. And so when I would smoke, it would get me, it basically it would calm me down and I'd be into a movie and I wouldn't even be thinking about business and work. So if maybe if you're going into the gym and you got a lot of stuff on your mind, family guy, business, you got all this stuff going on and you smoke and all of a sudden all that stuff kind of fades away and you're just hyper present on what you're doing, you could totally make it feel like it's a an enhancement. And, I, and I've had people that say that. Now, that doesn't work for me for training. Training, I, I can get in the zone. It's actually one of the best ways I can distract myself from everything else in the world. And so I find that when I smoke before I work out, because of course I've tried that, it doesn't seem to improve it. I do, though, notice an improvement when I do cardio. If yeah. I like, because I hate stretching. Force production is pretty tough yeah. with it. But yeah, again, yeah, mobility, I think for me is like, I've noticed that as like a way to, again, be in tune with your body, kind of feel your way through movements, positions, uh, and really be a little bit more present. And in, in, it, it is kind of a bit of a flow state, uh, I guess, an artificial kind of a flow state uh, that you feel with that. So I, I do see a little bit of benefit from that personally. Yeah. You know what, Adam, you, I don't know if you realize how like brilliant what you said was that observation, because you see THC anecdotally being used a lot by ultra distance runners. You almost never hear sprinters talk about THC. You yeah. almost never hear an explosive yeah. sprinter say, oh yeah, I like to hit the joint or have an edible and then go uh, try to hit, you know, a 50 yard dash or hundred yard dash. It's always, I run a marathon or 50 miles or hundred miles, right? 
jujitsu is a great example. You got jujitsu, and then I guess the the explosive grappling version of that would be like Greco-Roman wrestling or collegiate wrestling. You don't hear a lot of Greco wrestlers say, "Yeah, I like THC," but jujitsu, especially with the gi, it's you, you got to slow down. It's very technical. It's much more like chess. Not to say wrestling and Greco isn't. But Greco and wrestling, it's very fast and explosive in comparison. If you if you grapple, you know what I'm talking about. You take the gi off and it's fast. You put the gi on and you're going much slower. So, boy, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, Adam. I think for things that require stamina, endurance, slowing down, uh, you know, that, that might be more benefit. You want power and explosive speed, uh, then maybe not. And then, of course, there's an individual variance. I will say this, though. Look, with any substance, in THC especially – uh, receptors start to downregulate. You need more to produce the same effect. You could develop a bad relationship with it. So, um, you know, and, and by the way, caffeine is in that same category. Caffeine gets a pass though, because we've been using it forever and it's everybody's, you know, everybody has it every morning, but same thing. You, you, you're, you're, you downregulate receptors. You start to become numb to it. You need more of it. So, um, I mean, you know, uh, buyer beware, right. Um, is, is what I would say, but could it be a performance enhancer? I mean, yeah, based on that depends on the individual and what they're doing. I think so. Would it maybe be more of like uh, considered like a hack? Because I have a hard time like kind of connecting to my muscles sometimes, except when I am in that headspace, it feels like I can really get like a rock solid connection. So it may not give me any more power or anything like that, but sure. it's strengthening that. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, it could, yeah. it, 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 I mean, it totally could. Uh, if you feel that way, then that's, that's probably what's happening for you. Um, you know, so I, you know, I'd say anything used responsibly, but I think if you get, right. you, yeah, you get caught in that space where you, you have to have something. I do this with caffeine. Like I'm at the point now where I can't work out without having like caffeine before my workout. And that's when I know I need to back off on the caffeine. Cause I've developed this through, just as a, you know, periodically not, you know, I'm not going to get stoned every day yeah. to go, you know, yeah. NPRs or here's, like, here's something so else that's interesting. Here's so there was a study that showed that, the state that you learn in, you're more likely to be able to recall what you learned when you're in that state again. Okay. So to apply to what we're talking about, you learn a bunch of techniques in jujitsu while you're stoned. You're probably going to be able to better replicate them or execute them when you're stoned again. So it may be a positive feedback loop like, oh, I get stoned before jujitsu. And then, oh, I perform better when I'm stoned. They show this on on tests. Well, they'll have people learn things sober, test sober, learn things stone, test sober, or do it stone. And they find that the state that most mirrors how you learned it is the state you're most likely going to be able to execute uh, better. So there's also that potential positive feedback loop that might be happening. Okay. Yeah. I don't have anything free to get. We can send you a free joint or something, but I don't think we have any. I think Adam smoked them all. So. Got plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, if you lost something stoned, it's usually good to get stoned. And then you'll find it. Or you'll, yeah. or you'll yeah, you forget that, that you lost my, something. I mean, I think. I, I mean, you've been, you've been listening long enough to hear my my journey uh, with, you know, smoking and THC and stuff like that. And I, I think a good exercise for if you don't already do it is to just is to remove it uh, occasionally in and out of your life and yeah. and see how it affects you. And and every time that I do that and then I allow it to come back in and reintroduce it, I'm so much better with the relationship with it. And I start to also get closer to 
what is it like and maybe you get a better connection to like oh maybe it's not all the time but with certainly when i have things that are stressing me out at home or yeah. work or something like that and then i smoke and then i get this better connection but as long as that's all in order and i'm good i actually get just as good of a connection and so you can start to learn more about yourself and how you're reacting to those things and so i'm i'm big on always cycling stuff like this in and out uh, out of my life so i don't and then it's, this goes in the same category as caffeine and kratom and a lot of these other things that people tend to love to use um, I think it's it's a good exercise to do that if you don't do that already. I had heard uh, on a couple of podcasts ago, you were talking about how you kind of cut back. And uh, I, you know, most years, I've, I've been doing it like for a few years now, but, uh, you know, I'll take a couple of months completely off and not do anything. You know, caffeine's a hard one, but uh, pod for sure. And then it's more of just like a tolerance reset for me too, because yeah. over the years or over the year, it gets so high that, yeah. uh, you know, I end up, really not even be able to achieve like getting stoned but how how do you uh, like when you throttle back like what does that look like do you just kind of go cold turkey or do you yeah only because slowly, only, so we know, so sal and i talk about this a lot because we we actually are affected differently by it um i i'm lucky i can there's certain things i can cut cold turkey and certain things i can't uh example i threw out the thing like kratom if i'm using kratom and then i come off i have to taper down or i feel that the adverse effects of that massively with for some reason smoking, I could be you know chronically using it daily for months straight, and then all of a sudden go, ah, I'm done, and I'm actually totally fine. But some people are different. Sal's like, man, I'll get headaches, and I feel this way, and so he's got a taper on certain things like that. So it really did. That's a, totally dependent on the the individual on how they do it. I have found a lot of success in just cutting yeah. it cold turkey, and just like you, I'll go a few months, and just to prove to myself it's not something I need in my life I you know, that I, yeah and then and then and honestly the way i sell it to my buddies that like to smoke like you is exactly what you said which is hey the best part about it is you save money because when you go back you need a, a tenth of what you needed and what yeah. you built your tolerance up to yeah. right yeah that's right <laughs> you're on the right track though bro i yeah. think you're doing fine yep you got a puff puff gear right. now. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know do whatever it takes i'm getting older so i, I need all the i need all the angles and advantages i can get <laughs> you got it brother right on josh thanks for calling in right on right. Yeah. thank you guys see ya yeah yeah i knew i needed to cut back when i started injecting weed That's <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you know what hey think seriously though those heroin workouts <laughs> jesus seriously though you, like i don't think i've ever heard of a sprinter <laughs> <laughs> be like oh yeah bro i like I, no like, no it's oh it's always the long yeah. slow like and if you think about the way it makes you feel no. i could see myself going on a long ass i don't want to do like crazy aggressive stuff yes yeah no. i mean that's just kind of <laughs> where it's at like <laughs> right before you hit a pr yeah you imagine i that? just can't imagine like yeah no. putting myself in that position yeah but if we were going to go on like a long ass hike or yeah. you know something oh, like hikes, that maybe amazing sure yeah, yeah, my yeah. my thought is like i i mean again i just like, this is speculation right i have no proof of this but i really feel like it's like getting out of your own head of course yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. and so if you if you are easily distracted by other things in your life and you are to go to the gym and by doing that, it kind of melts that away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you become just hyper present because that's the goal, right? It's like becoming super present on the lift. And then that, then you get the most out of your lift, which for guys like ourselves who've been lifting forever, we have a passion for it. We'd love to do it. Like I, I don't need any, like no. give me my mu music is about all I need. Yeah, totally music in my ears. And that's like my drug of choice for getting super connected to yeah. the workout. And that's, I don't need any performance. Totally. So. You're trying to get like insanely creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Our next caller is Bob from Pennsylvania. Bob, what's happening, man? How can we help you? What's up guys? Pleasure to meet you guys. I've been listening for 
man, six, seven years now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Looking back yeah. last night. I mean, I saw some of the, some of the podcasts I used to listen to, like prison workouts. They're pretty, pretty classic. I was listening to one last night. It was pretty funny. It was like, episode, like 50. Um, oh man. Yeah. It's great. It's great to meet you guys. I mean, like I said, I've been an avid listener. I mean, I think I've bought everything from all your sponsors in the past six, seven years. Um, so Thanks, man. pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah, uh, my question is pretty simple compared to some of the questions I hear on here from other callers. Um, I put it in a couple months ago. I was on, um, well, just to give you some background. I'm 6'4", 238, um, a former professional athlete. So I, I played a lot of years professionally, uh, baseball, played basketball in college as well. I've always been in the fitness. I started working out probably 25 years ago, like my sophomore year of college. And I haven't stopped since. Um, and I, I, came, I found you guys a couple years ago, got some programs, started with anabolic. It was Okay, I, I I'm not. I wasn't a big fan at the time of full body workouts. I like the bro splits. I like working out five days a week. Um, but then you guys, and then I brought split. I brought aesthetic. Those two were just there was a lot, a lot of volume there, a lot there. Um, but then anabolic advance came out, and I loved it. It was per, right up my alley. Five days a week, I was doing it. Five or six days a week. It had a little bit of everything. Had some mobility in there. Had some go to failure some weeks and then other weeks with more volume. It was just perfect. It, it changed it up for me, made it really kind of exciting. And I did that a couple months, two months ago. I just finished that up for the third time in a row. Wow. So I did it three times in a row. Um, and then I thought, okay, maybe I should, I, I don't, I'm not really good at taking a step back. Um, so I started anabolic about, I did the pre-phase of anabolic and I just started phase one this week. And that's what I decided to do. It's kind of like, cause anabolic seems like a step, back a little bit like almost like a step to kind of like regain some yeah it is some kind of um yeah so i guess my my question comes down to it's like um anabolic advances like right in my alley i have performance um that scares me a little bit just because i'm afraid i'm gonna pull a hammy or break an ankle some of those exercises in there um even though i'm a former athlete i'm 47 in a couple months here um but i think for me i was i was asking at the time like if i went through anabolic advanced again is it all right to like i guess it's all right to like the optional exercises, put them in versus another exercise or, or kind of like where to go. Like is anabolic a good choice? Like regular, regular anabolic it's, right okay. now. And, hey, like, what, here's what's exciting about talking to you right now, bro is, uh, and I'm going to have Doug get it over to you. I don't know how, how soon he can get it to you. Cause I know we're wrapping it up, but we, we literally just created a program and it's, it's for 40 pluses. And it's kind of, we, the way we've talked about it is it's like a tune up. And if I was over 40, I would make sure that I run this every single year at least one time through and cycle that in my all my other programming that I love to do. And you sound like you're such the perfect person for this because you if anabolic advance is fine, but you do want to make sure you're addressing some things just for for overall joint health and mobility and rotational yeah. strength and things that will keep you from getting injured, keep you healthy, keep you feeling good and not always just pushing the weight, pushing the max, keep pushing that all the time. And so uh, I'll have Doug send that to you because I think that is like a ultimate. I mean, I don't know unless you guys disagree. No, with. that's good. That if you have if you have yeah. forty plus symmetry, symmetry and anabolic advance, one, yeah. Every once in a while, interrupt uh, your cycles of anabolic advance with one of those two programs. You're done. You're good. And here's the other thing too, Bob. You've been training for so long. You're so connected to your body. You've been following our, like, if you want, like, you're the person I would trust if you came to me and said, hey, can I swap out some exercises or whatever? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would trust, I would trust you over my own opinion. I'd have to train you for a while before I'd feel really confident in my opinion over yours. 
I would ask you and say, well, what feels better for you? And what do you think? Especially since you've ran through it multiple times yeah, the way it's laid out. Totally. If you pull something out because you're like, you know what? I think I need to do more of this and I'm not. And so I'm going to get rid of this exercise and put this one in. Yep, yep. You have the ability to compare to what it was like when you had it in there. And did that improve? Did it get better? Did it get worse? Like, So you're the perfect person to give the green light on, hey, yeah, man, if there's some exercises in there that you feel like you know, you're know you either overdoing it or that, you know what, I'm missing out on something that I'm, I, I know I need and then you want to swap it, absolutely. Or do like what we're saying, which is just make sure that once a year you're interrupting your, your year of training with a program like 40 plus or like symmetry because that that's kind of how those were written was to address a lot of those things that might come totally. up. Totally. Yeah, I never even seen – I never even looked at symmetry. I'm, I'm aware of it. I never even – looked at it but the over 40 it's interesting i was going to bring that up i was wishing you guys would come out because i i looked for programs over 40 not to sound old but you still think you can do what you can do but at the same time i want to say i want to stay strong healthy yeah, yeah. and just you know be able to have energy really at this point like because like you said sal i mean i've been working out so long getting really big strength gains is not happening anymore yeah. like it's like really incremental it's more about uh just changing it up and kind of shocking the system and that's what i've been doing and i think like an over 40 program is just it's something it's perfect. It's, you're uh, you're, you're going to love it. Yeah, it's, the like it yeah. it's the first time too. That That's how put. I work out a lot now. It's and, and, it, and it's not a compromise. In, in, uh, it's not like you're a lot of 40 plus programs are really just watered down traditional workouts. So it's like, yeah. oh, you're over 40 now. Yeah. We got to make this really easy type of, we have beginner programs that, that people can use for that. Like we have map starter, we have maps resistance. Like you could do pre-phase of anabolic. If you like, we have those programs. We, we made maps, 40 plus for people like you who work out all the time or ourselves or ourselves. It's, like, <laughs> it's really a reflection of like our own training. Yeah. How yeah. do we train now without compromising performance? And what are the things that we need to consider now, just because we've been doing this for so long. Um, and that's what's in the program. So you're, I think you're actually going to be the first person we give it to. So this will be fun. You're a great. Yeah. You're a great candidate for this. I can't wait to hear the feedback as you go through it. And this is the first program we'd ever put any sort of focus on lifestyle. So there's a lot of lifestyle stuff in there as far yeah, as like yeah. how to implement cold showers and things like that into your routine oh, too. Yeah. So hopefully you'll appreciate all the the focus on that detail of it too is actually wrapping in a bunch of lifestyle stuff with the training. Yeah, we we've never in. done that before. So yeah. that's pretty. What position, by the way, did you play? And uh, you played baseball, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I was, a, I was, a, well, I was a third. I was drafted as a third baseman. I became a pitcher in the minor leagues and uh, oh, yeah. wind up pitching. Played about three and a half years in the big leagues. Awesome. Not not enough not to stop working though, unfortunately. <laughs> well, especially back in those awesome. days, maybe these these contracts these days, man. Did you see? Uh, old boy just got that oh. seven hundred oh. million. Yeah. They pay him like bro. Even million. the minimum, the minimum now is like seven hundred thousand. Dude, I mean, yeah, I mean we're we're a year away, maybe two million. years from a billion dollar baseball contract. How fucking crazy is that? It's it's crazy. It's nuts, especially for baseball. I mean, it's but the money keeps coming in yeah. from the, from the uh, you know advertisers. TV contract that they're going to pay what they can get. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, yeah. A, a billion were, today is worth a million. Were, you were a decade <laughs> just. You were a decade just too soon, bro. Yeah, inflation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or a couple a couple of years too short. God, I mean, injuries. That's another thing. All the injuries I've had: two shoulder surgeries, knee surgery. Yep, I mean, yep. just trying to know my limits. I, 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 it's funny when I was playing, I, I was much more. I lifted heavy for a pitcher. I really did at the time, but I didn't touch barbells. I did a lot of dumbbell work, and then once I got done, it was like deadlifts, squat, yeah. like ha hardcore, like. Like as strong as I could possibly possibly be in my thirties, I was as strong as I ever was, and then um, you know forties crept up, have a kid crept creeps in, and 
next thing you know you're you're still strong but you just want to stay kind of like energized yeah, as yeah, well yeah, and uh, yeah and, myself like, like, and like, the reason i asked your position partly curiosity the other part is like as a pitcher uh, like map symmetry is going to yeah, be amazing for the discrepancies yeah it's going to be amazing that. yeah because there's there's i mean i've trained pitchers before not at your level but uh in the the right to left, uh, you know, asymmetry yeah. is just is dramatic. Well, I'm gonna have Doug, we're gonna have Doug send over the 40 plus one, so you have that. And if there's another one that you dabble with, mess with symmetry because that'd be a great one. And then one more actually for you that if you don't have already, do you have a Prime Pro? No, that, I don't. That's actually another really good inve- investment for you too. The that, mobility stuff. In just there, because, yeah. yeah, just because if you have like achy joints or shoulder bothering you, so yeah. it's literally specific to correctional type work. So it's like. Perfect for somebody who's like, oh, I got something going on. My hips bother me. Yeah. Go straight to that yeah. program. It'll help you with exercises to address that. So I'll get done. Yeah, I know. My first, I mean, I got into it in anabolic advance with like some of that mobility day, like with the 90 90s and things. Yeah. That was my first time ever doing something. Like I still, 90 90s, I mean, my hips feel like they're going to break. I, I'm so <laughs> inflexible. It's, it's not yeah. even funny. Um, but yeah, I know it helps a lot. That's why I like the anabolic advance. It like forced me that one day to really focus on those oh, things, good. like the handcuffs with rotations, yeah. which like I feel like I'm dying when I'm doing it <laughs> yeah, with my yeah. shoulders. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's they're all great. I mean, I really um, learned a lot from the podcast too. It's it's it's, it's been great. So it kind of keeps me in tune with things. Thanks, Bob. Awesome. I Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, Thank thanks you for the support, man. man. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Great meeting you. All right. Take you too. Easy. Um, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really cool. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about. He's so uh, perfect for yeah, 40 like plus, a good candidate. Yeah, yeah. for the first one we give away. All right, yeah. first one we gave away. Can't wait to hear the the feedback from someone like that. Yeah. So that's gonna be great. I, you know, uh, of professional athletes are just for just interesting to observe when you watch them perform because it's just it's such a crazy level. But uh, uh, the, the one of the most trippiest things I've seen this I've said this before. One of the trippiest things I've ever seen in my life up close was a 90 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. If you've never seen one in front of you, it's the It'll scare the shit out of you. It makes a sound as it flies through the air what? and it's yeah, it's like what is that? Yeah. Brother, did someone throw that? That's crazy. Our next caller is Seth from Ohio. Seth, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How, we guys, how we doing? Good, good. Your room looks familiar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you guys flying me out to the studio. Yeah. I know it looks a little different, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I appreciate that gesture. It was great to fly me out for for this short call. Yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. What you got for us, bro? Uh, yeah, well, let me just start and say thank you guys so much uh, for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Um, I've been listening to you guys since about 2020. Um, found you guys, Sal, you were on an episode of uh, Genius Life with Max Lugavere. So shout out to Max uh, for for, uh, for, setting up, for introducing me to you guys. Um, and, you know, I appreciate all the fitness and nutrition advice you guys have, have given for free. Um, over these, these last three or so three, almost four years of, of me following you guys. Um, thank you. It's been really, really invaluable for me to listen to you guys and learn from you guys. And additionally, I got three kids, uh, two sons ages four and three, and then I've got a six month old daughter. So it's been kind of cool, um, to listen to you guys talk about some of the, the fun things with parenting and the challenges. Like I like literally that morning, I'm like, Oh my God, Adam's talking about Max just did this. And that was like, I literally did that this morning. So <laughs> really cool. Just all around. So appreciate everything you guys do. Thank so, you. Thank, thank you, man. Um, so to my question, give you guys a little background. So, um, I played basketball in high school. I stunk. Don't worry. There's nothing to brag about. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I then went to college, didn't really work out that much when I went to college. Then I started doing like you know, a 60 day beach body with lose a bunch of weight, gain it all back the next two months later, did that for a while. And in about 2016 is when I uh, discovered Spartan races, fell in love with it, 
was like, oh my God, this is like the funnest thing ever doing OCR races. Um, fell in love with the high of like all the high intensity, like, uh, you know, uh, that, that go, that goes into doing OCR training and endurance training. Um, and just really just kept going along that path of trying to do that and just Googling workouts of, Oh, what's a good OCR workout and just following whatever that said. And essentially I just started adding more and more and more and more. And then COVID hit and I was, I really got my nutrition dialed in. I dropped 20, 25 pounds, um, which just further emboldened me to do more and do longer workouts and more reps and all this stuff. Um, and essentially you guys can probably guess where it's going here is I've since then, uh, since 2020, just been battling injuries left and right between ankle, knee, uh, wrist, elbow. Um, and so I've been on this track of this for the past three years of, um, just really trying to figure out, you know, I would do some mobility stuff. I'd feel better. I'd ramp it right back up, go balls to the wall, get injured again in, in two months. Um, and so it also all that to say, like, you know, I, I really love OCR. I love the endurance training aspect of it, but at this point with three kids, four and under, um, trying to train for endurance sports doesn't seem as, um, as easy these days. Um, and frankly, my body just feels pretty beat up at this point. So I'm just trying, I, I, I don't want to give up on OCR completely. Um, it's been a really great motivator for me to stay focused and, and exercise. Um, um, so I want to like kind of better understand, like, I feel like I, at this point, after listening to the show, you know, in, in the in particularly the last few months of feeling like my best route is to just go strength or muscle building, um, solely, but I also want to keep that, that cardio endurance, like kind of in my back pocket. So I want to maintain some level of running while also ramping up just like some stricter strength-based goals. Um, so just want to get your guys thoughts and ideas of, you know, how should I balance that? Seth, um, Seth I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking at the programs you own. I'm so surprised you don't own performance. You've got a lot no, of, the- I actually just bought it on black Friday. So uh, I sent my question before. So I have, I bought the whole RGB bundle. Okay. Cause now. that's the, um, that's the program for you. I mean, you, you you're going to, you're still going to build muscle and you're going to address enough endurance that you're still going to be able to get ready for an OCR race or do something like that. If you wanted to, if you follow that routine and you're going to address all the mobility and joint issue stuff. So that, that would be one suggestion. The other one, and this is you have, you're going to have to answer this for yourself, is the MAPS 15 route. So those are the two that I think of when I hear your story right now is, you know, if you can handle the amount of training, training volume and frequency of performance, then that's a great, that's a great program based off of your goals and where you're currently at and what you want to achieve. If, if the the kids and the life and that stuff like that, that's uh, a bit overwhelming and it's hard to do those, then I would go the MAPS 15 route. I, so let me ask you this, because you're going to keep doing OCR races, you said, you know, and you have a six-month-old. So, and I know what that's like. The first year is, is quite hectic. And you got a four, you said a four and a three-year-old? Is that what you yeah. said? Okay. Yeah. So, what, so here's what I would do is I would do MAPS 15, do the advanced version, okay? And I would do that for a full cycle, and then look in the future for if when the next OCR races that you want to do, I would schedule it out. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it three months from now either. I'd do it kind of maybe further out and then do maps OCR to lead up to it. That's it. But, but I would take a nice little break right now because you're probably doing a lot. You, you, you work. I'm assuming you work. Yep. You've got your kids. Yeah, yeah. You got a six month old, a four year old, a three year old. 
you've, you're coming out of like injuries left and right. Um, I think you should do a full cycle of maps 15, do the advanced version of it. Mm-hmm. Don't add anything else. Just do that for now. Let your body heal. And then when you're ready to get ready for a, a race, run OCR and yeah, your endurance will suffer in the beginning, but it'll come back really fast. I mean, I don't, I don't okay. adapt quickly. I still would want him to do a round of he, knees, hips, wrist, elbows, and ankles, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. wouldn't want to, I mean, I would not want him just to do a maps 15. That's which just is for him most, to rest. Dude. I know, but that's, yeah, but you're still not addressing all the. Oh, you mean post? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. So, oh, I no, mean, no, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Fo- following maps 20 or map 15, excuse me, maps 20, the advanced version. Then yeah, performance would probably be a good kind of follow up, and then yeah. use OCR to train yeah, for your. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you yeah. did it already. You bought performance, so you're on the right track with that. And and I do agree with the 15 of like scaling down the volume. You just might be in a place in your life where your your body's just trying yeah. to tell you like, hey, you need to back off a bit. Yeah. And maps 15 will do that for you. And then as you start to probably get ramped up again, and you want to get back into it, I would say go to performance next, and then maybe and then OC- OCR to OC- get you ready for yeah, your race. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I, one of the things, do you guys think I should spend like, like Sal, you said, just like kind of back off for a while. Is that with the maps 15 or should I try to like, just strictly focus on mobility for like six, eight weeks and then get into 15 or you think it's, it's no, good you, to just, I go think, right I think go straight to maps 15. Yeah, you go right yeah. to it. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then yeah. take it from there. If I think you, your body just needs a break right now more than anything. Yeah. Yep. It, you know, and here's kind of how I used it when we first started doing this. And this was when max was young, younger, right. When we, when we first wrote the program, is I would follow it as it's laid out. And then there's times, and you know this as a dad, where, oh, wow, look at that. He's sleeping for an hour, and I've got a little bit of time for myself. And then I would do mobility stuff. And so it's like if if you find the days where you got extra time and you're feeling good, instead of doing more weights, more work – do mobility stuff to address the end, you know, do all the, you know, do all the stuff for your ankle and the wrist and the shoulders and the 90 90s and, you know, in, incorporate that. If you do anything else besides the maps, incorporate more mobility stuff that'll only help you leading into performance or leading back into yeah. OCR. Awesome. That That's awesome, guys. I appreciate it. And you got, you do got you, it, man. Do you have maps 15 already or no? I do not have 15. Okay. We'll, right, we'll, send, send, we'll, we'll send that one over to you. Awesome. Awesome. You got, you got I appreciate it, man. guys. And uh, take care. And uh, yeah. Thanks yep. for coming by. Yeah. 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 Turn, off sure light. turn the lights. Turn off, off the lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure I get the lights. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Take so, care, guys. Take it easy. I stole your idea. I just said it before. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> clever. That. that was pretty clever. Yeah, bro, it's a four year old, yeah. three year old, six month old training like that. I mean, come on. That's a lot. You know, it's uh, it's cool because. um you know, I'm I I love things like OCR and stuff like that. Especially if you, if you if you notice like he, the way he started, like oh man, it lit this fire and yeah. I love doing oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you know you know going down that rabbit hole of enjoying that process. This is how I feel about people that love yeah. fall in love with CrossFit, but just become aware of this is normally what it leads to yeah. right here. Especially when you add in kids and other things. Sport. And what happens to a lot of people is they become, they identify so much with being a OCR runner or a CrossFitter that they will not leave the modality. It's hard to break up. Yes. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with those things, but recognize the the potential side effects that almost catch up to everybody from training that way. And so then you have to be able to move out of that. And otherwise, yeah. you're just going to constantly you still see need stuff. the training to build your body and reinforce your joints and keep your body, you know, uh, avoiding injury in order to then do what you love to do, which is perform in the sport. Our next caller is Jessica from Canada. Hi, Jessica. How can we help you? Hi. How are you? Good. Very How are good. you doing? All right. 
Good, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. I will. Uh, I'll skip over the usual thank you for everything you do. Love you guys and all that stuff. And I'll uh, don't skip jump over right that. Go my ahead. Question. Yeah. Don't skip over okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us why. No, no, thank you for everything you do. Yeah, just <laughs> kidding. Go ahead. Perfect. All right. Um, so I'll just get right into my question. Um, so I've been listening to you guys for about like five years now. I finally purchased a bundle um, during the Black Friday special. Um, I got the uh, the Sexy Athlete Bundle. Um, I really just wanted to have uh, access to performance. Um, so I do training for youth teams. And I have about, like, I've got hockey, soccer, basketball, baseball, volleyball, um, everything under the sun from ages 11 to 17. Um, so I really wanted to have performance just so I could kind of use those different exercises um, more athletic style exercises and kind of incorporate that for the kids. Um, and because like everybody's kind of in different seasons, whether it's like off season, preseason or in season. Um, my main question was just how would you go about using performance in terms of implementing that with the kids? Cause I only see them once a week and because they're all at different areas of like their seasons. Um, how would you go about, implementing things like bits and pieces from performance into something for the kids to do what, our wow. ages are what 11 to 17 11 to 17 yeah 11 to 17 here okay so uh, i'll tell you one of the biggest mistakes i see um with uh coaches and young athletes is that they use the workout so not the practices so forget practice where you're actually playing the sport and you're doing scrimmages and all that stuff i'm talking about the actual workouts the coaches use the workouts and they think that this is how I'm going to make the athlete as fit as possible. And so they rush through the exercises and push-ups and lunges and keep going type of deal where you could save that for the practices. You can make them play hard. They'll enjoy that. That'll give them the fitness. The workouts should be more about injury prevention, body stability, and control. So, And that's going to be very individual because you gave us a broad range, right, from 11 to 17. So like an 11 year old, it might be as, as simple as, um, holding, you know, a pair of dumbbells above their head, really straight and tall and walking and trying to be very, very stable. Right. Or it could be a lateral tube walk. That's very, very valuable for a lot of female athletes in particular, especially as they go through puberty because the hips, uh, start to change shape and you see ACL injuries, for example. So my training would be less focused on conditioning them and more about injury prevention, stability, and control. And that's how I would pick the movements at a performance. Like you would identify what this particular athlete needs or this group of athletes. They're like, oh, wow, like none of them can balance on one foot. Mm. Or all of them uh, are really, really asymmetrical because they throw with their right and they, they, their left is weak or whatever. And then I would base the, the session based off that, on, on developing stability, control, and preventing injury. And then they'll get the workouts with the scrimmages. So yeah, I like I like that you're thinking in that direction. I, I'm I'm a bit perplexed just because the age range. Uh, I like that for like a little bit older kids. Um, I'm I'm a little bit more partial to symmetry as a suggestion, um, mainly because of of what Sal's kind of bringing up in terms of the stability, control, uh, attention to form and um, mechanics and. And to be able to kind of have everybody do so is in like a group setting, I'm imagining, right? And that's a hard thing to kind of organize. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that the, the way it's laid out is pretty simplistic. It's, you know, we, we can go, um, unilateral training is in there. I think it's very valuable. And then even to like five by five, you know, in our, in our fourth phase with that is something we kind of want to progress into in terms of just a pure strength, uh, focus. And, and so like the, the workouts there, I think in, in terms of how you put that together, I think that would be an easier way to sort of manage, like just on a workout perspective. Yeah, I, so I, this is kind of a challenging question it's because a, yeah, it's, there's so much nuance here. It's really hard for me to wrap. So I, I have some ideas around how I do this. So I, with because of the age gap and the, the probably the level, the skill level of their ability to perform the movement, I would probably only pick three to five movements total. Total, that 100%. I'm teaching. And I, and they would be ba- like, so let's say my, my 15 to 17 year olds, they're going to do the reverse lunge to press movement that we have, like in there, like the landmine movement, right? That's kind of an advanced type of technical movement because they're good. It's not only it's compound, but they're also moving their upper and lower body. And so maybe something like that, that's like what I consider my advanced. And then maybe I have like a goblet squat for like my 11 year olds or something like, so I'd have, I'd pick a couple skill-based movements that I am, I'm going to categorize my kids in and I really just get them proficient at those movements instead of think, treating it like I want to give them a workout. Like, it's like you're, you're teaching them a skill. Right. Instead of thinking like you want to give them a workout, Correct. like, like yes. Sal was saying, it's like, I'm only going to pick a couple exercises, you know, and, and maybe that looks like, you know, two different exercises for each age grade. And you know this better than anybody. Like you look at your class, you probably can think of, Oh, I have a, a set of kids that are like really deconditioned or really or just don't have good coordination. So I'm going to put them as my super low skill. And then you probably have some on the higher end that are like 17, 18, very proficient, very, very skill, right? They could do things like explosive ice skaters and make them look pretty. Like, so then I have like the high skill movements. Like maybe I have two of them there. I have two in the very low end and then maybe two in the middle. And literally I'm separating the class like that in the, in these groups of, and that way too, that they could like a kid who's 11 doesn't mean that just cause he's 11, he, he or she can't progress to the 17 year old. If you see that they're doing, they kick ass on the, the basic movements, then you move them to the middle movements and now they're kicking ass at that. And now you're on the high skill one. Are you, are you teaching all the different ages in the same class, Jessica, or is it, are they like all 11 to 12 and then all 13 to 14? Yeah, they're all, they all come in with their own team. So they're all in their own age group. So okay. like I'll have oh, okay. a group of around eight to 16, like 12 year olds. And then my next group would be oh, like good. eight to 16, like oh, good. 16 year old. That oh, makes it, that makes it easier. Yeah. That makes like the kind of the original advice I gave, yeah. which is just get, getting a, yeah, I'll give you an example y- of what this would look like, Jessica. So I'll tell you the, the way that most people would do it, which is wrong. And then the way I think would be the right way. So let's just imagine I take 10, I have the 10 kids in front of me and I say, okay, everybody, you're going to grab your dumbbell. So we all pick a weight that's appropriate. I want you to hold them straight up above your head as tall as you can. And then I want you to march in place, right? So you're going to lift one knee up, bring it down, lift the other. And everyone's going to march in place. Now, most coaches would be like, keep going until you can't do it anymore. So then the kid decides when they need to drop them. And it just becomes a test of will and a test of just, just beat yourself up. The better way to do it is everybody do these perfectly. I'm going to rock, walk around. And when I tap you on the shoulder, that means you need to take a break. And then I'll let you take a break and then you could try again. And what you're doing is you're walking around looking for breaks in perfect form. And when you see perfect form break, you tell the kid to take a break. And the kids that continue to have per- perfect form can keep going. It's mm-hmm. not about going until you can't move anymore. It's about going until your form starts to break down. And for some kids, it's going to start real quick. And that's how. The, and so what you're doing is you're, you're, you're perfecting stability 
and technique, not just trying to beat them up. Okay, yeah, I have an idea. See what you guys like, you know, if you agree with this or not. But uh, in Maps 15, we have a very limited amount of, like, so the advanced works more on um, the compound lifts, right? And yeah. so the, and it's and it's basics, two to three, let's say. Uh, but we could hyper-focus on those very specific lifts. Or if the younger age kids, we could do the, you know, the other version, which actually yeah. uses the uh, suspension trainer. Uh, and so that way you kind of have two options there. So you have the younger kind of kids that don't really have a lot of control and body control and strength. Uh, stability versus the other kids. So I think it's there in terms of like what we've already created uh, to, to kind of parse out and create something for them. So they all get benefit. Yeah. It's, it's really Jessica, it's going to be less about, although this is important, it's still less about the exercises you pick. They are important. So I'm not saying they're not important, but it's less about that and more about how you're applying and how you're viewing the sessions. Is it a workout or am I teaching them a skill? Do you know where you probably could find videos where you'll learn a lot from? Watch really good martial arts instructors with large groups of kids. And this is what they do. They'll have everybody in uniform. What I mean by uniform, everybody at the same time. So it's like, everybody's like, all right, everybody position one. And then they get in position one. And the coach walks around and tweaks their technique a little bit. And everybody's waiting and they go around. Okay, everybody ready? Position two, position two. Then they walk around because the martial arts coach isn't trying to work them out. He's trying to get them to perfect the technique. If you So the exercises, although that's important, that's less important than what I'm saying is when you have your class doing something, that's how you should treat it. Not like I'm trying to make them all work out, but I'm trying to get everybody to move perfectly. So think about that Like to the exact point. I love that point. I got a, a group of eight kids, and I'm going to do um, a reverse lunge to a balance to a press or something like a movement like that. There's like and three parts to it. Yeah, there's three parts. And yeah. so I'm going to everybody reverse lunge and, and, and then and I'm going to walk around and you guarantee you're going to have some kids that are slouched over. You have other kids are going to be leaning to yeah. one side or the foot's too close. Right. Or, and, yeah. yeah. Or their foot's their, their front foot is turned in all weird or their back foot is like way off to the side or way behind the other. And, and so you walk around and kind of move them in perfect posture. Yep. You know, okay. Your, now everybody, you know, hand up, up. To your balance, yeah. up to your balance, right? Then everybody steps up to the balance. And then you have some kids that are falling wobbly, yeah, yeah. go over, fix their posture, get them standing up straight, get them holding the dumbbell right to their shoulder. You like can do that shoulder. with any exercise you can do with a deadlift. Okay. Everybody grab the bar and then you walk around. Fix everybody's form. All right, everybody engage your lats. Everybody engages the lats. All right, everybody stand up. Everybody stands up. Watch their technique. All right, everybody bring it down. Bring it down. And you just break the movements down and you're teaching the techniques. They'll get way more out of that than if, if you're just trying to make them sweat and get tired. If you can teach every one of these kids in all these classes to do a complex movement like a deadlift or a squat, and, and that's all they ever get from you, you will do more for them in their <laughs> yeah. sport than the, the best at, the, at that age, yes. the best athletic exercise program that's on the internet or another coach could do totally. like that's the level that they're all at the the difficulty of the yep. skill of these movements and that's i think this is the mistake that high school and young young coaches make as they they try and treat them like they're professional athletes and, and like no. all these different movements that are oh this is going to work on their rotational strength this is going to be their explosiveness this is going to be and they're doing all this shit and it's like the kid can't even do a proper squat it's like if you can just get them to do that, the carryover into their sports and all of their pursuits is far greater than the most complex totally. the workout program. So think like that as a coach. Like You will accomplish a ton if you can get that whole classroom to do a beautiful squat yep. and do it together. Yep. Like that's massive. Yep. I hope that helps you. Does that, does that give you a little bit of like kind of direction? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I also um would would doing like the mobility drills as well. Yeah. Like yes. In, before or after. Yes. Yeah. Well, that would, could be the class. That's exactly the class. That the, could the, be the workout. The like literally, you're doing a mobility movement and you're breaking them down into five steps. And you're getting them to go through each step and you're walking through and correcting technique and then step two and then you're walking through and correcting technique and then step three. And eventually what will happen, Jessica, is with these classes, it, you're, you're going to have to, you'll, you'll be able to go step one, step two, step three, step four, go. And then everyone's going to move in, through it perfectly. In fact, do you have Prime Pro yet or no? Um, no, please okay. don't yell at me. No, 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 it's okay. You're not, you're, I wouldn't I put you there. Um, I'm going to send, I'm, I, listen, listen, I'm going to have Doug send you Prime Pro. And then I, okay. I feel like we're really getting somewhere here. This would be an awesome class. Yes. You take them through okay. three to five of these Prime Pro movements. You're and, done. That's, and do that's them really effectively. And if you do any more, you do one exercise. It's like, we literally okay. going to do Prime Pro. We're going to do some 90-90s. We're going to do some hand-coupled rotations. You learn one compound Yeah, lift. and then you do and one. Then and then it's like all the classes centered around is, is breaking down the deadlift in the three different positions or that's the squat it. and that's like what you teach like that's that because the those those prime pro movements especially if you watch the videos on how we coach and teach it you're going to get these kids better connected they're going to get better connected to all these muscles that you're asking them to go call upon and then you go teach one movement and until they get the, that one movement perfect that's all the focus of the that's classes it, yeah. that's a great class okay yeah so doug's I'm definitely that yeah okay. all doug. right we'll send that to you and then uh Let's let you in the forum too. If you if you get permission from the parents, I'd love to see the class and see how you teach it. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be super cool. All right, yep. all right, yep. and then we could give advice or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so. Doug will send over Prime Pro, and then I would love to, I'd love to hear back. Thanks, Jessica. Okay, that'd be super awesome. Thank yeah. you, guys. You got right. it. Like everybody, it's okay. This is such a frustrating topic for me. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is because we don't have anything very specific to point to like this, and so we're like just throwing a million philosophical ideas at her well it, 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 it is like it there's a simple way to do it and I, I think we got to somewhere with the prime pro and i think that that everybody can benefit from that you know and and that's really what the end result needs to be there's a lot of like teaching techniques that that it's going to go into this everybody for kids uh, but you have to slow down you yes have to keep it simple you have to keep it like one exercise and you know that's not what all these coaches want to hear because they want to teach them all of these like complex yeah. like athletics is complex Listen, as fuck for whatever reason okay uh people conf they think they don't realize that working out or exercises or techniques you would never see a baseball coach maybe you do see some crappy coaches but everybody would know how crappy this coach would be you're trying to teach a kid how to pitch and so this is what you tell them throw the ball as fast as you can as many times as you can until you're tired Everybody watching me like, what are you doing? You're not teaching him how to throw the ball yeah. properly. You're just making his, him get his arm tired. For some reason, we don't treat exercise that way. We put these kids in this class, and it's like, let's just get them all tired. That's not yeah. what they're going to benefit from. That's why I pointed to martial arts. If you watch a good instructor teach a bunch of eight-year-olds in Taekwondo, what they'll literally do is they'll have them stand up, and they'll break every move down into five parts. Lift your knee. Everybody lifts their knee. Bring your leg out. Bring your leg, And they all have to hold the position. Before you ever throw a thousand of these kicks to fatigue, you got to be able to perfect the technique. And if you don't understand the technique of these exercises, like deadlifts, squats, presses, whatever, you're wasting your time. If anything, you'll increase the odds of injury. Do you guys? Do you guys? Yeah. Uh, do you guys remember last year when my brother-in-law was bringing his nephew in here yes. and he's trying to train him for football, yes. right? And he wanted me to give him all these different exercises, yeah. right? So I gave him some things that helped him out. I really, really didn't get the chance to like spend very much time with him. Well. We were all up in Truckee this side. So this is fast forward a year later, right? And um, we got to work out together. And all we did in the workout 
was I, I broke down his deadlift, the way he walked up to the bar, the way he got everything tight, the way he got the slack out of the bar. It's all we focused for the entire hour. This has been now what we, we went up there in Thanksgiving. So yeah. it's been about a month, right? Yeah. He's literally texted me every single week a PR and squat and deadlift. Yeah. Every single you week. You could have taken so him through 15 exercises. I did. I taught, him, I, taught him all these, I taught him all these different things last year he that he tried to imply that he's been trying to mess with it. And then all we did this last time, because I was there with him for multiple That's days, it. was technique, technique on this thing and just perfecting every little nuance of it. Since then, he's been texting me every workout. Isn't that funny? Uncle, I just hit a PR here. Uncle, I just hit a PR. And I'm like, dude, see, that's how, that's just it right there. It's not 100%. about all this other shit that you want to do that everybody wants you to do. It's like, get, get proficient at that. It's the difference between a cardio kickboxing class and learning how to actually kickbox. That's a big difference. Look, if you're a coach or trainer, go to mindpumptrainer.com, sign up for the free three-day seminar. I will be conducting live here at Mind Pump. It's all virtual. Mindpumptrainer.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump Stefano. Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>